Alright, rolling. Test, test. One, two. Your turn, Matt. Test, test. One, two. Copycat. <laughs> Doobie, doobie, doo. <laughs> that didn't even sound like you. Are we like, mana, mana. <laughs> do, 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 do. That should be like, <laughs> that should be, that should be what some killer does in some like, oh, it would have been perfect Ooh. for Ethan Hawke's new movie. Or for the, uh, which apparently, or that horror Muppet thing you were talking about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what Sweden's going to do. Murnaw, Murnaw. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Murnaw, Murnaw. <laughs> I forget how to start this. Uh, <laughs> uh, something about shit. No, there's no, no shit. That, well, oh. there will be shit. Hmm, stay tuned. I bring you tidings of good beer and better gospel. I'm Matt. And I'm Tommy. Welcome to episode four, three beer gospel podcast. Man, so what's happened with y'all since we last talked? Because we got some things. <laughs> Oh, where to begin? I don't even remember what I, where my life was. Well, it was back in June, I think. Oh, first, sorry we didn't, you know, record for a long time again. We're we're waiting, <laughs> we're waiting for it to become reality that it's possible to do it regularly. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it, as you'll see, things kept happening. Yeah, and it just refused to stop. But I did notice. Uh, so this is a Sunday. Last weekend was actually our one-year anniversary of our uh, Oranges episode recording. You didn't get me anything. <laughs> That's right. I didn't get you anything. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you get or what you don't get for not getting me a thing. Mm-hmm. Ah. Told you. I'm distracted by the satchel. Hmm? Oh. Yeah. yeah also, uh, exciting... Thing about this recording, you may notice you don't see us. <laughs> We're um, back to also like our Origins episode uh, in person with each other. Uh, now at a different house because we finally sold that one. Uh, and now now that I have a garage, we're in my garage. That's right. You haven't had a garage since two Norwoods ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, two. And that one was basically just a shed. We also had one in Columbus, but we just used that as a shed, too. But, uh, but yeah, so I couldn't figure out a good way to record video in person because before, like, when you know, I just did a screen recording of when we were chatting online, which is nice and easy, but... But my audio was terrible because I was using terrible mics. No, it was actually just because I didn't know what I was doing and I was only picking up your audio through my laptop speakers that were being picked up by my laptop mic. Oh, sweet. Not yeah. my fault. Maybe. We don't know. So. No, because I've heard, like, just you, like, when I was hearing you, like, oh. just, like, when I hear you on other calls, you sound fine. Like, if I'm wearing just, like, earbuds or something. Right. Yeah. But anyway, back to <laughs> now. So, so, yeah, that's one reason. I also figured probably best to do this one, you know, without the visual because, I don't know, I feel like this time I'm going to get a little more... Maybe extra heretical, 
perhaps Ooh. because like before that means naked yeah because before <laughs> we definitely got there but you'd say I, I think we kind of reached you know the like heretical equivalent of like side boob but this oh. this time See, I going like how... going full frontal mm-hmm. gross <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah you're welcome for not showing you ourselves or something or maybe we're sorry. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Is that what that sure. is? Cool. I like it. Right. So, yeah. So since June, what what what's you been up to, Matt? Oh, my goodness. Well, COVID happened or continued happening. Yeah, it refuses to not happen. And I, I think I got sick with it. But my test. See, I've gotten like extra sick every time there's been a wave. And then I test negative. Hmm. And I got two tests this last time because I didn't go to the doctor the first time and they want a recent test and that was annoying. <laughs> I get it, but it was still like... <sighs> um, so I had a cough for a month. But yeah, I've had a cough for a month. I'm doing better now. Uh, June, we wrapped up the summer with the kids. I went and started school, real school. He didn't go to a real school yet. He's been doing homeschool. Elise started going to a school for deaf children, but she's not mm. deaf, so that's been unique. Mm. Um, but she does have... She, she probably feels special. Yeah. She has severe speech delays, so um, she qualified. Both their new schools have been really good for both of them. Owen is doing very well at his school, but says he hates it. So that's confusing. He has friends, tells us all these things that he likes about school, and then says he hates it. <laughs> Mm. And likes none of it. So he's he's nine. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. But yeah, he's developing opinions. Mm-hmm. But it's also his first school experience, so he's like a test, <laughs> and it's graded. First, what's a test? <laughs> <laughs> and graded. <laughs> that sounds bad. <laughs> I could seriously just see him coming home, like just walking through the door, just what the fuck, dad? <laughs> yeah, he's like. Making me learn things I don't want to learn. They told me about endangered species. I was sad and I was pissed because I was sad. That's not what he said, but like that was his attitude. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> We're like, yeah, endangered yeah. the endangered animals. That that's sad. He's like, yeah, I know. I don't want to know about it. <laughs> yeah, poor kid. No, he's he's doing really really well, um, considering, and I. Coming from a school environment myself, like growing up, I didn't know. It didn't occur to me all all of the little things that we need to prepare him for. Like, uh, he raises his hand, but then sometimes to amuse himself, he also just says things. Hmm. Or we'll start side conversations with the teacher <laughs> while she's teaching, I think. And she has a helper who, who, I guess her spot in the room is behind Owen. And Owen, I guess, forgets that she's there hmm. a lot. And so then she'll like redirect him, but it like comes out of nowhere for him. And I guess because she's not soft with her approach, he just doesn't like it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> he's like, he's like, I think she needs more training. <laughs> <laughs> and we have to pay money for him to go there because it's a special school for LD stuff. So like, you're allowed to have those opinions. Mm. <laughs> because you're paying for it. 
There you go. And so that was, and he already gets that, which is funny. <laughs> uh, it's fun when they get things. Yeah. Um, I'm home uh, for several hours during the day with nothing to do. And I've been using that time as like right now as an extended vacation for myself mm, to catch call. up on rest and, uh, you know, taking care of myself. But I'm moving into doing house, you know, repair projects and uh, some kind of artwork and then maybe eventually drive for like DoorDash or something. Oh, something I can do really flexibly. Yeah, I've done that. It's not bad. Yeah. I like the idea of making money, but yeah. I don't know. I don't know. My employments have been a mixed bag. <laughs> I actually don't remember how many times I've been fired. I think it's three or four. Hmm. Spread out over a lifetime. So. Oh, so that's not bad. Right. One of them I quit and didn't tell them. They got the hint. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you quit before they could fire you, so that doesn't count. Right. I was <laughs> I was in somebody else's bed. And I was like, I don't feel like leaving. Hmm. Then my car got towed. <laughs> and I got fired. Well, I guess I'm not leaving then. It started out well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like there's one class in college I literally just dropped it and therefore the uh German studies minor I was planning on getting is like, all right, I can either do my homework or just drop the class. Mm -hmm. And it was like on a Sunday night and I was like, I don't feel like doing my homework. I'm just going to drop the class. Were you in that window where it didn't matter? Yeah, it was, it was only in like the first or second week. So see, I like that flexibility. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This professor's a chode. (laughs) (laughs) No, No, the professor was fine. It just like, I was like, I don't want to do a German studies minor anymore. But, oh well. You're making it less fun, man. <laughs> like, I already took the trip to Germany. I got all, got all the fun out. Minor? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, seriously, how many people who minored in it were going to go to Germany? Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm a plumber. Have you ever plumbed anything? No. <laughs> Well, are you, are you, it's like, I'm a minor in German. Ever been to Germany? No. Do you? So you've had a non-German teach you about Germany <laughs> and now you know. I think Germans would disagree. <laughs> well, we had, we had some actual Germans te- teaching us German. Oh, I did and, too. And a Hungarian. Oh, well, they speak, do they speak German? No, they speak Hungarian. <laughs> I didn't know that was a language. Yeah, or I mean, I I assume I I know it's not German, but it's Germanic. I, well, I don't know if that's Germanic or, or Slavic or Baltic. I don't know. Baltic. <laughs> I trailed off. My brain stopped. <laughs> That's right. So you're <laughs> you're you're taking this little vacation for yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I've been tired for a long and and just from being sick, I've been extra tired. Uh, but yeah, a little vacay, stay K in the home. Mm. 
My brain stopped. <laughs> uh, like I started talking about me. Ooh, do it. Ooh. My favorite thing. Uh, yeah, so, <laughs> so where we left off with me last time, I think... So we were trying to sell our old house. Um, I think at that point, we I can't remember if we... I know the first sale had already fallen through. And I can't remember if we were under contract again. But whether we were or not, that one ended up falling through as well. Neat. And then we finally closed on selling it like a few weeks ago. So now we figured it's safe to record again. We sold the house. <laughs> <laughs> it seemed like every time we recorded the sale was no about to fall through. properties hanging over your head. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then the other thing... Um, Tree fell down after you sold it. That yeah, literally awesome the <laughs> night after we sold it. It, it was yeah it was it was the very next day yeah yeah it was it was that night at some point overnight and some bad storms or something came through and literally like a third of the neighbor's tree <laughs> that was over the fence just just said fuck it and <laughs> it just, it, and it didn't even follow the neighbor's yard it was solely in our yard yeah yeah <laughs> or not my yard anymore but it went, and I felt bad, but like part of me felt bad because like we met the people at the closing and it seemed like really cool people. And I was like, all right, I'm glad these people are getting our awesome house. They seem awesome. And I was like, oh no. But then I was like, yeah, we've been through enough. It's their turn. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of being through enough, the other thing <laughs> that I mentioned, so when we recorded last time, it was like a Friday or Saturday. And that following Monday, I was having my next round of scans uh, for my cancer situation. So again, to catch everyone up real quick, uh, about this time last year, I really noticed a weird thing growing on growing on the back of my head. It was like a mole or a polyp or something, but then just kept getting big and bloody and stuff. Fast forward January, finally got the sucker taken off, you know, when it was about six centimeters across and about a centimeter and a half thick, you know. And turns out it was melanoma. So I got diagnosed end of January uh, or early February. Early February. Uh, had surgery to remove more from that site and from a little lymph node below where it seemed to have spread as well. So we're like, all right, at least according to your scans, we got everything out in the surgery that was showing up on the scans, but we're still going to start you on immunotherapy because, hey, who knows, there might be something in there that's just too small to pick up or whatever. So the time of last recording, it's like, yeah, in a few days I'm getting another round of scans, like totally not expecting everything. And then <laughs> turned out not only was there something still left, but it wanted to travel. So I had, like, it didn't even count the number of little nodes and tumors. Like in some places, yeah, there's one here, one here, uh, several here. I think there was a total of three in my lungs, like one in one of them and two in the other. There were a few like around my heart, like in what's called the pericardium or just the yeah. tissue around it. When they stop counting and just start grouping, yeah, that, that's a bad sign. <laughs> and then a few more in my, my lower abdo abdomen, like outside the intestines, and then one in my left thigh. Just kind of random. I don't know. So, there's a biblical reference in there somewhere. She grabbed his thigh. Ooh. But that means she grabbed his scrode. Mm. Yeah, you don't do that. I don't, for some reason, thigh was a euphemism for scrotum. Hmm. Uh, yeah, because I know foot was... Which is very generous to yeah. the guy. Oh, yeah. yeah like, I'll take like, that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> his, his testes were like thighs. <laughs> 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 like, 
Well, that's flattering. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, so... And it said, like, with the stuff around the heart, like, it just said several, because apparently when it comes to actually picking up things in your heart or around your heart, like, on scans, you have to actually get very specific ones for that. Because most, like, MRIs and PET scans, like, they like things that's taking pictures of to not be moving. And, you know, your heart, thankfully, doesn't normally cooperate with not moving. So... But if it, it does, they're like, huh, that was weird. <laughs> um, yeah, so it was just like, yeah, there's might be, there's some stuff around your heart, and you know, is it maybe some more other type of tests like angio or something to tell more. But so that, but then my oncologist is like, okay, uh, that's concerning that it's just kind of <laughs> lots of places now. So we're going to stop that immunotherapy because. I mean, one of the one of the things I liked about that immunotherapy was it had pretty much no side effects, but unfortunately, Sweet. it apparently had pretty much no actual effects either. Well, the so, only side effect was fig newtons in your stomach. Yeah, yeah, that was. <laughs> yeah, I would go get my injections, and you know they have snacks and stuff there. So my regular was a Pepsi and a fig newton. It was great. One of the nurses like my request, oh, I gotta get a fig newton. She's like, huh, funny, you don't look ninety. <laughs> like, thanks, lady. But uh, whatever, lady. <laughs> But apparently, I'm like the only person who requests them, so they're always there for me. So <laughs> they're always there. So for it does. Me. So does that make you 90, or does it make everybody else who's 90 there lame? Yeah, because they're tr- they're trying to pretend like they're not 90. Oh, okay. And I'm like, where, where, where's my apple newtons? What they're saying? That the kids eat <laughs> or strawberry? I don't know. Are there blueberry? That sounds like it would be, like it would be good. If yeah. There was blueberry ones. Oh, you know what? Okay, idea. Ooh. You're welcome to Bisco. Uh, <laughs> Lay it on me and them. A Newton with a buttery crumble top. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Crumble Newtons. Oh. Yep. So somebody, um, little Debbie, get on that. Pardon me. I need to go change my pants. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back. I'm kind of broke my head. <laughs> Like, the whole thing's not working now. <laughs> That's all right. I got more to talk about. Cool. So, <laughs> so yeah. So, they switched me to a, a different immunotherapy. It was two different drugs now, where before I was just on one. A cocktail. And, yeah. And it was also nice because now it meant my cancer went from stage three to stage four. Because there was what you call the distant metastasis. Which, you know, learning all kinds of new words. That almost sounds like a spell. Ooh. Like Harry Potter and whatnot. Well, yeah, that's how you get you give someone cancer. Well, which is it's kind of a dick move, really. Yeah, but <laughs> I couldn't be serious through that. <laughs> that's probably good. So started me on new immunotherapies, and then and then also my oncologist said at, at that point she's like, look, I mean. If you want to get a second opinion, like now's the time. Like, please do. I will not be offended. <laughs> I haven't heard you say it that way. Where she's like, "Look, now's the time." Uh, I'm shooting blanks. Um, <laughs> no, she was. Please do. Please get a second opinion. I could. I could use the thought. <laughs> no. <I'm- laughs> I mean, we weren't getting near the end of like options. As far as what to do, because initially she showed me like there was this whole like very well put together flow chart like for 
different kinds of cancers put together by like the National Cancer Institute or whoever, where it says, all right, if it's this kind of cancer and it has these kind of symptoms it's at this stage and you've tried this and it's done this so far, then it's like this entire like multi-page like forking tree. Forking tree. Forking trees. The forking tree. Mm-hmm. Forking Lorax and forking trees. <laughs> but that movie made me sad. Sadder than the book. You've seen the movie? I I didn't see the recent one. I saw like the old cartoon made like decades ago. I think because his face was so expressive in, in the the CG one. Nah. Like I was like, oh, the trees. <laughs> Man, they're. <laughs> those are those are bad people with the trees. Yeah, because like in the cartoon I saw, it was just, I think it was orange or something. So the mustache. Oh, he was still orange, but like yeah, he just, every hair moved. It was ooh. yeah, because in the cartoon it just looked like Wilfred Brimley was a sentient shriveled carrot or something. Oh, still that. Oh, Except okay. it was just Wilfred Brimley's mustache was a carrot because mm. that the, the the flowing hair on this little cre- was. <laughs> I was so distracted. It was over the top. Speaking of being distracted, I got feedback from somebody named Bill because that's his name. I'm not protecting his name. <laughs> I'm also giving him a hard time a little bit. Uh, Yay. He, he said uh, he listened to it for the first time, even oh, nice. though I've asked him like two or three yeah. times to listen. Well, thank you, Bill. I yeah. appreciate you. Um, and he, he said, I had to fast forward through the beginning because you guys were all over the place. But then when you started talking about church, I was locked in. He's a very linear thinker, I think. Uh, yeah, so we're, we just, we're a problem for that. We just made him angry. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for thanks for hanging in there, Bill. And thanks for being honest, too. Yeah. I'm yeah. toying with the idea now that you, Tommy put out the mention, uh, not the mention, the idea uh, a while back about... Maybe it'd be fun to do a flow chart of the episode. Mm. Like, how many forking branches were there? <laughs> how many forking branches were there? And <laughs> and I'm curious to find out how many parallel conversation tracks we had going simultaneously. Mm. You know, be like, almost like the Matrix. <laughs> There's just so many. And how we're bouncing yeah. from, back and forth and to each one. I was thinking, Gracefully, I might add. If we ever have extra time, we could, using the flow chart... Maybe we could edit it to be a linear thought. <laughs> so much editing. But I think that would be oh, wow. amusing at least once. <laughs> now, that's either I'll have to learn how to how to edit also, or or Tommy's just going to have to get locked in a shed for a week. <laughs> mm. I don't know. That, that might be fun. Sometimes I, I, I feel like I would enjoy just being... Alone in the shed for a while. No, I did that when I took my, my trip to... Fuck, where was I? Uh, East, Hawking Hills. Oh, mm-hmm. Near Hawking Hills. I was in a tiny house, and then I, then I was in a little camping shed. Then I was back in the tiny house. It's not important. But it was... It's not important why that happened, but yeah. it was... <laughs> like, it was actually pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And it was very good for my, my sensory processing issues to be able to see... Like all, all of where I was at once. <laughs> ah, it sounds yeah. like it could be overwhelming, but because it was so small, I don't know. It's very comforting. I don't think I'm that claustrophobic. I found walking through tight cave passages at Mammoth Cave comforting. People were freaking out, and mm. I'm like, the earth wants to crush me. <laughs> I'm cozy. <laughs> oh. 
And I was like, squeeze. <laughs> <laughs> With the rocks. All right, sorry, Bill. That might be a running joke, which is say sorry, Bill. <laughs> I like it. He's we, like we, our Waldorf or Styler. We love you, Bill. In the balcony. Mm-hmm. He would make an extra, actually, excellent <laughs> angry old man. Mm. That's quite a compliment. Yeah. That's what I aspire to, anyway. <laughs> Sometimes I am that. Like, Aaron will be like, could you stop complaining? Because my, my family's love language, like, when we get together and enjoy funny things, we complain in a funny way. Mm. I, I don't know if it's the German Catholic in us. <laughs> We're like, things be. aren't perfect enough, but it's amusing. Like, Because <laughs> Germans, like, they're engineering and design. Uh-huh. They like, like, how perfect can we get it without going over the line? <laughs> When it's not, this is hilarious. Yeah. But fix it. (laughs) (laughs) I hear German Lutherans are the same. Hmm. Yeah, well. Well, Lutheran's almost Catholic. Yeah, Catholic light. Yeah. Martin Luther's so angry. (laughs) He's like, you forgot the (laughs) anti-Semitism. Sorry, Luther. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sorry, not sorry. We're... This is a good beer. Mm-hmm. The, yeah, uh, speaking of Aaron. Yeah. The, where are we? Yeah, you said how she told you to stop complaining. Oh, yeah. No, I was. We weren't. Um, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm, I'm back on track. Yeah, she's she's our our official beer sponsor Yeah. for this episode. Uh, a while back. Like, it was maybe... It was a while ago, because we've been recorded for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, she listened... She, she's still only on our first episode. She confessed... Today, yesterday, I don't remember. Uh, Sorry, why my wife probably hasn't even listened to that much. Ellen she, well, she said, "Sometimes I just don't want more of you." <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. Like my wife, like she's totally like supportive of this and everything, yeah. but she just she's like, "I I I listen to you all the time." <laughs> right. <laughs> you can't tell right now, but I'm signing full. <laughs> like Aaron's full. <laughs> um. So it's from Against the Grain Brewery, and it's called Sit Your Ass Down. Um, I guess because it's citra heavy. Mm. I appreciate it. Yeah, I love citra hops. Sticky, hoppy, and delicious. It is. I agree, Can You know, that's how, that's how I like my Delta 8. Mm. <laughs> For those who don't know, Delta 8 is the legal THC. <laughs> Federally legal because they specified marijuana in the law, and it's <laughs> it's made from hemp. <laughs> so like, how do we get THC out of hemp? Done. <laughs> yeah. It's apparently not quite as potent, but still. It'll... No, it's only half as potent. Yeah. Which yeah. is helpful for medicinal purposes and yeah. for me staying behind the microphone. Yeah. Ah. I am less squirrely. <laughs> I've noticed you're, you're behaving Phys- yourself much better this time. Physically. Physically less. My brain still squirrely. But yeah. the weird thing is it makes the ADHD work better. It doesn't make it go away. It's just huh. functional. Well, that's nice of it. Then there's a tipping point where I'm I'm not good for anything. <laughs> that's all about balance. It is. Yep. Okay, uh, you were talking about your cancer, and it got derailed probably by me. It's all right. I went with it. By more important things. Come on. It's like, <laughs> it's like sorry, Bill. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so... 
he's gonna get mad <laughs> and i kind of like it <laughs> so yeah so my my oncologist was like okay you know so basically saying, you know, I would be a terrible doctor if I didn't encourage you to get a second opinion at this point. She's like, but she said, you know, at this point, I mean, what we're the treatment we're moving on, like I said, you know, according to this chart that has been very well, like, researched and thought out, I mean, probably anyone else will be doing the same thing at this point. This is just kind of routine. But apparently it was this next routine step was like the last routine step because past that it was like, and then it just gets into clinical trials and like experimental shit. Because apparently, on the plus side, apparently with melanoma recently, like just the advancements in treatments have just been skyrocketing in just like the past just couple of years even. Like even like so much like five years ago, like had I gotten the uh, like stage four diagnosis, like that they probably would have been like, all right, well, that's it. We'll just make you comfortable. Even, <laughs> even though that's the other thing this whole time, like I have never actually noticed the cancer itself. Like I've always felt completely fine, which especially at that point was really starting to weird me out because like, because <laughs> just people asking me, so how's it going? How you doing? Like that became the hardest question to answer. Because <laughs> it's like, well, I feel fine. They, but they tell me not well. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm very clearly not. Uh, <laughs> so, so on the new, you know, how does stage four sound to you? <laughs> <laughs> So, but that's the other thing. So, like, all right, second opinion. But we're like, we don't even know where to go for that. Because, I mean, you could look up, you know, what's the best cancer hospitals. But there's so many different types and different hospitals are maybe more specialized in certain kinds. And since it's, you're doing clinical trials next anyway. Like, yeah. There isn't really anybody who's an expert in that. <laughs> yeah. So, we're just like. But we found out there's this place here in town. It's called uh, Cincinnati Cancer Advisors. Um, so they're they're not like an actual like doctor's office or treatment. They're just advisors. Cincinnati's awesome for medical stuff. Yeah, especially because it's free. Um, the, the advisors, not all Cincinnati medical stuff. It's not all free. No, no. I mean, mine is now thanks to Aetna. Cause I uh, you know, <laughs> just blew my deductible and out of pocket maximum out of the water back in March, probably. Man, so. those are good times. I remember those days with with Elise. Yeah, because so for those of bad and good times. <laughs> yeah, so um, so for the people who love medical insurance, like yeah, it's great they're paying for stuff. But for all the people who hate like medical insurance and the system and the big insurance corporations, don't worry, I am making Aetna pay out the ass right now because <laughs> my uh, my just my first immunotherapy injections, just for one injection, which I was getting every three weeks, was like almost nineteen thousand dollars per oh. injection. You're just like setting cars on fire. <laughs> like that that's the equivalent every time. And I got like four or five of those. And then when they switched me to the new like double immunotherapy, I don't remember how much each drug was. They were a little different, but it worked out to being about twice as much. Wait, twice as much as as, as the the 20? Yeah, the two put. Yeah, yeah, so it was like, it's like, I, I saw the total once. It was something like 36, 38,000 just per once every three weeks i mean so man that's ridiculous and, and I, well apparently this stuff like i said a lot of this stuff is like still like pretty new so well right yeah i know like, I, I get it yeah, like it yeah. takes a lot of research and that that's a lot of scientists they get paid well as they should mm -hmm. and so it's kind of like uh, the money's got to come from somewhere i so. just hate that it comes from individuals yeah or or well insurance companies yeah and but they, i mean but all, that's because but, i'm fortunate to have a uh, not just a plan, but also a plan that covers that kind of stuff. Yeah. But 
Because that, you know, that was the insurance other companies all insure each other. Like that's why when huh. like there's a flood or some or a hurricane, and you're like, how are those insurance companies in business still? It's because they all insure each other too. Mm. So it's like the most communist of answers to a capitalist <laughs> problem. Yeah, yeah. There you go. But uh, so yeah, so I went to Cincinnati Cancer Advisors, but we were mainly going to them just to get advice. Is like, where should we go for a second opinion? <laughs> But uh, it turns out just one of the guys they have there on staff, he actually recently retired as an oncologist, and he actually used to have the position of my current oncologist. So it's like he retired and then didn't really retire, just started his own advising firm. And then uh, a uh, lady who was my oncologist basically took his job. So I found out that later, after talk with my oncologist, <laughs> Got a little awkward because apparently the two of them don't see eye to eye on stuff necessarily on all things. You, it's like, oh, great. The the old guy whose job I took is back to tell me what to do. You could tell there was a little bit of that there. But she's like, she was been like very professional about it and everything. Like he's handled things well. Well, but, she's probably hearing stories about him too. Like mm -hmm. how prolific he was because he's old and been there for, had been there forever. Yeah. Which, and, and I will say after meeting him, yeah, the guy's awesome. Like, but I, I mean, I also love my oncologist with Christ Hospital. Like, pretty much everyone I've been dealing with, all the doctors, nurses, like, everybody's been amazing, which is great. Yeah. But so, anyway, so I met with uh, this doctor with the cancer advisors. And like I said, great guy. It was mostly just kind of informational about um, basically just what melanoma is and, and like mine specifically. Um, and like basically what it's doing, why it does what it does. Um, may come back to that later because there was a really cool, almost like kind of spiritual aspect to the way melanoma behaves that I no. found really cool. But but he and he explained, and I kind of already knew at this point um, that I mean I know I already knew my melanoma was kind of different than most common ones. I mean they always say like all cancers are different, and even like all melanomas are different. Because one of the things that bugged me the most about it was. How like I was like okay, in my mind it's like hey, it was just a stupid little skin growth, which if I would have gotten this taken care of sooner, like none of this would have happened, it would have been done. But he said no. Apparently, my melanoma one, it most melanoma I guess when it grows, it just kind of spreads flat and is like really dark, like almost black. But mine was what they call nodular, which means it kind of like grew out into like a big nodular blob thing. And like tree fungus. Yeah, exactly. Except, but the tumor itself <laughs> was more like pink, just like closer to like my skin color. Oh, it was the wrong color. Yeah, that's why even like when my dermatologist took it off and like it was this like five and a half, you know, or six centimeter wide thing. She's like, oh, this actually looks like she said some random like benign, like I think it was like a pyogenic granuloma or something. Like, oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's that. Well, and she called me like a week later. Oh, about that. Um, <laughs> Surprise. For well, everybody. Make, like, you have Scottish heritage, so it makes sense that your melanoma would be very Caucasian. That's true. Yeah. The Irish didn't help with that either, I guess. No. In German. But it helps with the drinking. <laughs> it does. <laughs> I'll drink to that. Drinking to me. <laughs> oh, so, you. So there was that, that it just looked different, and apparently has this particular mutation in it that makes it A more... Turtle. Ninja turtle. Kind of mm. more aggressive oh. and harder to treat. <laughs> oh, gotta give a pizza. Yep. See, they didn't. They, nobody thinks no of that. Radioactive pizza. 
So <laughs> so basically what, what he told me was, he's like, yeah, unless you would have caught this like right away, and I mean like right away, like before it even looked like a thing at all, he's like, this was going to happen. Like it was going to be aggressive. It was going to spread. So I'm like, okay, good. It's not my fault. This cancer is yeah. just a bastard. So. That's really, that, man, that, yeah, that really removed a lot of burden for you. Mm-hmm. A lot, yeah. yeah. So... So then, but when, uh, also when I was in his office, he was just giving me just a general, like, checkup, getting my vitals, listening to my heart and my breathing and stuff, and he noticed a slight heart murmur. And he's like, oh, it's just slight, you know, I'm I'm, I'm sure it's unrelated, famous last word, <laughs> you find out. So like, I would just go get that checked out, so. Wait, th- did he go, huh, when he, when he found it? Basically, even if he didn't say that, that was kind of his. That's like one of the worst expressions to get from a doctor. Yeah. We got it a lot with Elise. <laughs> Yeah, that yeah, so then then I saw my regular oncologist a couple days after that for my next um I was playing with her and my next round of injections. And uh, she listened and I was like, Yeah, I can hear that too. Um so maybe we'll just, you know, get that checked out and just get like an echocardiogram. So she ordered one of those and I had that. They're um, super easy to do. Yeah. It's basically just like an ultrasound, like Yeah, let's stick these things in your chest chest hair. Is that what they did or were they erupt? No, it was it was an ultrasound. Oh, it wasn't just of my heart, though. Now, they did like stick the little like sticky monitor things all over as well. But and then you got the the cold jelly stick and yeah, rubbed it around my that that's you're like, are you doing what? (laughs) No means no. (laughs) And apparently my my left ventricle is particularly difficult to sonogram or sonograph or whatever. Weird. Yeah. Um, also made it worse because I'm skinny because they, there was less of me to play with to get better angles. <laughs> hey, but, well, what? <laughs> how does how does more to play with give a better angle? I, well, you just have more options. But here it's just like, all right, it's stuck on you, and that's okay. I can't push any farther. That's as far. That's all we can go. I don't. I don't understand. She seemed to understand. That's all I care about. It's like as long as a person doing stuff to me understands, that's all You're I like, care. If you can't probe me further, isn't that good <laughs> for me? <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so get get the ultrasound. And that was like first thing in the morning. So I just head back home, start working because oh, I'm also started a nice work from home job, which has been awesome. Yeah, money. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so I just go back to work for like an hour, and then I get a call from uh, the nurse at my oncologist's office, and she's like. Uh, Mr. Stewart, uh, they found something. How soon can you get to the hospital? We need you there now. <laughs> I'm like, oh, um, <laughs> I guess I can go now. Conveniently, you live on top of a hill, so you could put it in neutral and be there just as fast. Yeah, but unfortunately, but then the hospital's on top of another hill. Oh, physics. Which we can see from, we can actually see across, it's just like the next hill over. You're like, so if you send bad. a helicopter, I'll be there sooner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I get there and... Apparently, they found what the prior uh, PET scan had alluded to might be there. Apparently, there was a, I think it was almost like a two centimeter across mass. Oh, that's big. I didn't know it was two centimeters. Yeah, in my right ventricle. That's two pinkies, according to my eighth grade math class. Yeah, I remember that. That's what I still use that. And then I I (laughs) use like the middle knuckle in my index finger for an inch, only I've grown a lot since then. So now it's more like an inch and a third. But my palms grew, but my fingers didn't. So I think my, Mm. well, no, mine might be an inch and a quarter now. Mm. Yeah, I'll I'll just switch fingers. That's, that's what. That's what she. What? <laughs> Wait. No. 
Oh, jeez. So, um, so, so I'm in the hospital, and they have me there overnight. They, so they do one of those special cardiac MRIs over, which was not awesome because turns out I'm also at least slightly claustrophobic. Like the regular MRIs, I'm fine with because the tube's big enough. They put this like thing over my head with a mirror, like looking out the end of the tube. Well, that's not almost helpful. What? No, it actually. Oh, it, is it? It completely works. Oh yeah, because yeah. it's like right in front of my face, so I'm just looking straight. The first time I did it, it was like, up, it was at a different uh, medical center for Christ Hospital up in Mason or Liberty Township, I think. Yeah, Liberty, and it was like a much newer facility. Like the lighting in the room was great, and they had it pointed towards a screen showing like different nature visuals. You know, it was nice and relaxing. But then, oh yeah, the ones since were just at the main hospital and it was like much more sterile lighting and like oh, so, you in a pipe and yeah <laughs> so i was just looking like so i saw the mirror thing but i was just basically just looking at my feet but that's something yeah like i said it definitely it worked but, but you're then, not supposed to move though right so right but at least it was that one was doing anything. Uh, <laughs> yeah but the uh the mris i got was just head and neck so like they still didn't want me moving too much while like the pictures were being taken, but if I just needed to like scratch my leg or, you know, shift my foot around, I could still do that. But so, so I get a cardiac MRI, which is one, a smaller tube, <laughs> which also means there's not enough room to put the head mirror thing. It was like two or three times as long. Like it was over an hour in there. Plus with the way they do cardiac MRIs, it's like I said, they can't, take photos of things while it's moving so so one yeah so it was actually kind of cool they had this thing across my chest where i was asking uh, my older brother who's a, a radiation tech he does like he does mris and he kills people slowly and stuff. very slowly <laughs> well he wears pajamas but um it's it's really his dream job mm-hmm. yeah because he also he works overnight in a real like out in the middle of nowhere er so, so he sees hardly anyone so it's Most either people he sees he's slowly killing <laughs> And he probably wants to because that, that's basically what it is. He's either it's everything's there either boring or stupid. <laughs> so, and he's probably strangely happy. Yeah, yeah. But so and they but they put this thing across my chest, which I guess basically the way it works, it actually like times up your heartbeat, so it only takes the pictures like in between heartbeats. Yeah. But then I also have to like hold my breath for like ten to fifteen second intervals. So so I'm like just freaking out anyway because yeah. I'm in there because I there's a thing in my heart which they said you know yet where we're that was our situation like we were praying it was a blood clot like please be a blood clot in my heart and not which which (laughs) doesn't sound good it's it's not but better than the alternative because if it moves (laughs) it's like Oh man, I'm I'm kind of glad I didn't know that. I was already freaking out, and then about <laughs> about your stuff, and then and then knowing that you basically got a giant plunger in your heart that can move at any minute and just like <laughs> clog up the whole shebang. Yeah, but um, so so I'm, so I get in the hospital like late morning, like 10, 30, 11 o'clock. I don't have the MRI till like probably like three something in the afternoon. So in that time, I'm literally just sitting in the hospital room, like they have me hooked up to a little portable heart monitor, but you know, I'm just sitting around, not doing anything. And then I get the MRI and usually like, you know, I have the, my chart and my, on my phone, normally like with the scans that I get, you know, the results pop up within, you know, an hour or so. Yeah. If they hold them. Yeah. But, yeah. 
but they, but like nothing was showing up. And I was asking like all my nurses and like the other doctors coming in, like any word on anything. They're like, no, we still haven't heard. But so once it got later in the evening, at least like the nurses were explaining, okay, this is actually kind of good. I mean, because someone's looked at it at this point. It's just they haven't done a write up on it and all the analysis. It's at least not clearly bad. <laughs> yeah, because they said if because if it was something urgent, like you would have heard by now. So I'm like, okay. So I don't hear until. I think it was early afternoon the next day. So, so, this, so, so you the, slept well. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, so the whole, so I'm just spending like all this time, like, and like all the nurses keep coming in and like to check on me, like, hey, you need anything? I'm like, no idea. <laughs> Scan results. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I need those. So, it's like, there's nothing they can do for me. So, I'm literally just hanging out in a hospital room for, you know, What's day like, and a half. Why isn't there whiskey on this menu? <laughs> so, so finally I hear back. Um, was talking with a cardiologist and the hospital oncologist. I think it was the cardiologist to like explain the results. He's like, all right. So, and they kind of told me, bef- he, the cardiologist kind of told me beforehand. He's like, yeah, just based on like where it is, like before they did the scans, like be- just based on the, um, echocardiogram they did before it's like yeah based on where it is and how it looks we're assuming it's related to your cancer but you know we'll just have to see after the mri it's like really you took 24 hours to assume yeah so but then finally came back and he's like yes it's but i guess it was 60 percent clot and 40 percent tumor so the tumor wasn't like two centimeters across or whatever did they say why it clotted well, it's just the is blood. Your just, blood just going ah! and just ah, what is yeah, that? Yeah, <laughs> stop it. Yeah, it just there was a thing there, and the blood just started clotting around it. So, so like, all right, we'll have to see what to do from what is here. That? Make it bigger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they just put me on blood thinners. Now the fun part was he's like, yeah, we'll have to we'll have to talk with your oncologist to see where to go from here. And she was conveniently out of town that week. Um, Which turns out was because I, I want to say her dad had passed away, or that's a good reason. Yeah. So and she like, it's not like her job. It's like not like her life is stressful enough with people dying left and right. Yeah. Already. (laughs) Yeah. So I understand why she was like unavailable at the time, but you know, still for me, it's like, all right, just go home, and uh, wait to see what to do. So, so then, I'm taking a lot longer to explain this than I. Thought I would. And then you get home oh. and you're like, why isn't there whiskey on this yeah. menu? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the other thing they told me, like, that from the beginning, they told me, yeah, you probably shouldn't drink so much. I'm like, okay, I'm, you're like, so you're ah. telling me I have I have stage four cancer. Oh, and don't drink. I'm getting mixed signals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so then... That following Monday, my Gaelic background is <laughs> it's just so punching things right now. <laughs> all the things, all the things. Yeah. So, so then that that next week, I after my oncologist comes back, I get a call from her office, and they say, "All right, so here's what we're gonna do. You're getting admitted to the hospital next week for chemotherapy because it's this apparently this like crazy extreme hardcore kind that." My oncologist is like, remember when she was explaining it to me, she had the papers out and was like, hey, I've got to look at this. I haven't actually given this to somebody in a while. Things you don't say out loud when you're a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> but when she's like, hey, I'm as in the dark as you. 
Are yep. you glad? Yeah, because I remember, because early on when she first showed me the forking tree, <laughs> like, apparently, um, with, like, the new developments, like, they said, like, immunotherapy is, like, the thing for melanoma, because apparently chemo doesn't really do much. That's why they started using more immunotherapy. But basically the way it was explained was, all right, that was like, well, when would chemotherapy might be a possibility? And she showed me, like, it was on the very last page. It's like, all right, so when it's stage four and it's really bad and we've ran out of ideas, that's when we do chemo. <laughs> I'm like, okay, so that's in the back of my mind when she called me, all right, we're going to put you on chemo. And You're like, like no more ideas. <laughs> so we're kind of all in on this one, huh? <laughs> like, next is experimental and life gets bad. <laughs> yeah. But that was the other thing. The guy from the cancer advisors, he seemed almost giddy when he was talking about the different like experimental stuff. He's like, he's like, yeah, you're young and healthy. We can throw whatever the hell we want at you. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I don't know. I don't want the word spitballing and, and, and survival <laughs> together. Yeah. So yeah. So it's a CVD uh, chemotherapy stands for uh, cisplatin. Vinblastine and the carbazine are the three drugs. They get all three on the first day and then just the C and the V for the next three days. I but think they, it's the end in Z are poisons, I'm pretty sure. Mm -hmm. But I found the, uh, what was it, the cisplatin, the plat means platinum because there's platinum in it. That does make it expensive. So I was part platinum for a while. Yeah. Uh, and then, so, and then I asked, it was like, so with the vinblastine, does that mean it's explosive? Apparently not. Or it's essence of Vin Diesel. <laughs> <laughs> You want to play Dungeons and Dragons and be in bad movies. <laughs> he does play D&D. He's like a huge nerd. Oh, wow. That's that's amazing. Yeah. I love that. I love that about you, Vin. So, <laughs> friend of the show. Um, Ooh, here's hoping. <laughs> yeah, him and Bill, they're buddies. <laughs> they both hate us right now. So. Oh, so, Vin Diesel doesn't hate things. He's a teddy bear. <laughs> Yeah, Vin, calm Bill down. <laughs> Hugs. Oh, so so I'm in the hospital and like I'm expecting like you know all I know about chemo because my mom like had uh, breast cancer years ago. She's like completely recovered and fine from it now. But you know she did chemo and I've you know lots of other people who have like had cancer and went through chemo. It's like oh this is gonna suck, especially lose since my eyebrows. And <laughs> especially and I've been working hard on this beard, but because apparently like I said this was a more like hardcore type, but. But apparently I actually handled it really well. Like I definitely didn't feel awesome, but like when the doctors were like seeing her like, you look really good. So then, yeah. No superpowers yet though. Yeah, not yet. But so then I did two rounds of that. And then, that, but because like also at this point, I was like not expecting, I was basically expecting like, okay, it's in my heart. They're moving on to chemo. And my oncologist, even at the time, she didn't really seem super confident that it was gonna work mm. so at that point i was literally the, all right this is it and like i am going to die like that's basically where my head was at that point so so it was two rounds of that, that, that wasn't just where your head was that was like for the first time it was i think it was a real possibility for everybody who knows you too yeah that was super hard yeah because i because i was also like our out group of, played it well like our men's group. yeah you guys you did definitely but we, we i think we all cried separately <laughs> But I you don't like dudes. I appreciate that. <laughs> but um, but so then I had the two rounds, and then that 
that following Tuesday, I had my next round of scans. So I was basically just preparing for, all right, see. And because, but the thing is, before I remember in between rounds, I saw the doctor from the advisors and my oncologist, and they both said, wow, based on how well you're still feeling after that first round, and also like some things in my blood work and different numbers, they're like, it's possible you may already be reacting to treatment. So I'm like, oh, okay. Cliffhanger. <laughs> yeah. Giving me a little. A little more hope now. So I'm You're felt, like, what? Still, still no alcohol, right? <laughs> well, they allowed me like a couple a week, I think. Oh. But but even like after chemo, like I didn't really even feel like drinking mostly. No. Or eating. You know, did you only like want to eat right, really? Yeah, I basically food? I wanted to eat after the first time. I wanted <laughs> either crackers or soup or specifically Domino's pizza. Really, Domino's? Yeah. Have you noticed there's hardly any sauce on a Domino's pizza, but lots of sauce flavor? Hmm. I think it's full of MSG and, and sauce flavoring. <laughs> no, because Domino's pizza does taste good. It does. And then I'm it's, like, there's not. It's like a weird good. It tastes like there's more pizza here every time. <laughs> yeah. So, so then after my second round and then getting the scan, so I was like, you know, just preparing myself for the worst. And they come back and in. Like the main was was the PET scan because that was the full body one. The MRI was just head and neck, which like the head and neck MRI have been clear basically from the beginning since after my surgery. So I was that, like, okay, that was always really good news. Yeah, because apparently melanoma likes to go to the brain, but never made it there. So at least on these, so That's like, okay, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. So just waiting on the full body PET scan and think, okay, what's it going to look like? If it showed up anywhere new, or even if I am responding to treatment, or I was done enough in the heart or wherever. <clears throat> Came back and basically in PET scan terminology said, um, it's gone. <laughs> uh, where'd it go? <laughs> we looked. And, and we're, I was like. It didn't go anywhere. And I was like, it basically just showed like this node, like it basically pointed out all the nodes outside my lungs and said, uh, it has resolved. And that one's resolved. That one's resolved. And the ones in my lungs said, there's something still there. Because apparently in the lungs, if there's ever anything there, it's just always going to be at least some kind of scar tissue or something. But it's smaller and no longer act metabolically active. So, so it's then, smaller and not cancer, basically. Yeah. So it basically said, all right, uh, complete metabolic response to treatment. And then I talked to my oncologist nurse, and she's like, yeah, you're in what we call metabolic remission. So it's not full remission, because, I mean... For, it's the first stage. Yeah, for any kind yeah. of cancer, I mean, it takes a long time for you to be officially declared, like, cancer-free or cured or whatever. So, it's like, what the what? <laughs> <laughs> so, so now I'm just... And then, didn't you say your your uh, oncologist, you said, so was this an expected result, like, at all? And, and she said, no. 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 Yeah. That's, I will say, like, with all the ups and downs and, like, the, the roller coaster this has been, one thing I don't think I've heard any doctor or nurse or anyone say is, well, that was expected. Like, never. And that's, <laughs> With good or bad. And, okay, on a spiritual level, like... Yes, let's get to that. <laughs> that is, like... Okay. <laughs> On an everyday, like, uh, mental, spiritual state, that is extremely hard because you want an expert to know more than you. But when the experts are like, you know, <laughs> this is surprising. Like, surprising yeah. how? Like, you know how this goes? No. It, like, that, then <laughs> you're like, I'm in this alone. Like, my, my, my internal emotional response, I have no one to lean on, but, like, whatever my faith is in, and, and that's it. And, yeah. And my ability to deal with that. Yeah, which so that's it's a fun time to be completely deconstructing. 
like literally everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> because that's the other thing. So, but with the way they did it, so I had, so at this, so at that point, before that. Yes. Sorry. It's very good. Beer. It is. We keep talking. It for for a single hop heavy beer, this is maybe the best I've had. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Normally they're like something's missing. Yeah. <laughs> it's More like we hops. it's like we went one just because we could. It's like we have didn't stop to think if you should. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. remember so, when, they, when they did that? Hmm? Didn't say items do single hops or yeah. Or they just like throw all the hops at it and, and it's good. They've done both. They've done uh both are bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so but before the most recent round of scans that showed like everything kind of just fucked off or whatever. Yeah, bugger off. <laughs> mm-hmm. So the so the last scan I had before that was the one that just showed up. Well, now it's fucking everywhere. So but in between that, so and then after they switched me from just that immunotherapy then started the chemo like and then well once they found the thing in my heart and then switched me to chemo there was no more like full scans before starting on the chemo to see how things were so basically there's really no way at all to tell what worked the chemo may have been superfluous so that was so that was the debate between my oncologist and the guy from the advisors because he the guy with the advisor's office is like well he's handling chemo so well let's just keep up with that then my oncologist is like i'm not ready to give up on the immunotherapy yet also because it means he doesn't have to go to the hospital for a week every three weeks yeah um and it and as well as i was taking it i still felt like shit for yeah and you had a while what poisonous shit for a few days afterwards yeah just poisonous everything (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I had to use my own bathroom and everything, but... Is it radioactive? That's more fun. Or was it just toxic? Just toxic. No, the radioactive stuff was what they gave me for the PET scan. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, the contrast for that. Especially, like, near I can tell layman's terms, it's radioactive sugar. So between, like, one scan and appointment to the next, it's like, all right, I'm probably going to die. And, like, oh, it's it's gone. <laughs> I felt like, you know, that guy in that one South Park episode about the economy crashing is like, and it's gone. Yeah. And you're like, like, I have, my feelings weren't done. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, now I'm supposed to be happy. I wasn't done being utterly panicked. (laughs) (laughs) But so, yeah, so that's where I'm at now. But like, so like I said, this is a, I picked a wonderful time to not know what I believe about anything. You know what? Or is it a great time? I think it is because the great thing about being so basically where I'm at now is I I I feel weird still calling myself a Christian, but I always also still feel a little weird saying I'm not. I'm but I'm starting to feel a lot less weird saying I'm not. So then I start thinking, well, what am I? Like, but I think I've been thinking too much about trying to figure out what I actually am. Yeah, I think that's also kind of part of the I get that maybe like mental and the sort of like growth exercise for myself is because I mean, just the way my brain works is like I love being able to like label and categorize things so they're like easy to understand and explain. But mm-hmm. this is like maybe I just need to sit in not knowing for a while and maybe I need to actually just not actually be a thing as well because like because for a while I was like am I am I even like an atheist now because like you're like not. Not really. Yeah, it's like I'm not so I'm not saying I am an atheist, but I will just say atheists are starting to make a lot more sense. You know, I did read a book. I will say. In uh, the prem uh shit. I don't remember what it's called. Maybe it'll maybe it'll be in show notes if I do those. 
um, it was about it was about how uh, atheist thinkers are the um, the prophets of today. Mm. Like prophets in the Old Testament were always the ones hypercritical of status quo or the current faith. And thing is, like for some reason, like people who have a prophetic knack who are Christians they don't have a platform probably because Christians don't want to listen to him typically because you don't want to wreck the status quo mm-hmm. um, yeah it seemed like that's you know going back to the whole problem I guess with having a like closed canon it's like well that's everything we don't need and yeah. this is literally the way a lot of people think it's like we don't need prophecy anymore like we have the scripture that's all we need there's yeah. like we don't change things anymore <laughs> That was never. That was never a thing. Yeah, that's when I got codified for government slash religious purposes in the Roman Empire. Mm-hmm. Because you needed solidarity to be able to subjugate people. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So atheists have a lot of a lot of good points. Things. <clears throat> excuse me. Things that uh, people of any faith like. I think we need to address it because just because it's a hard question to answer doesn't mean we should be angry at the asker. Right. Uh, uh, like, we need answers to believe something or we don't have a complete belief. Um, and I kind of have a feeling... I'm going to drink water real fast. Good call. Getting phlegmy. Mm. Um. I probably should be drinking water too, because that's the thing about like being on immunotherapy. You know, I was like, it's like I don't remember. I basically just gotta drink like roughly a metric fuck ton of water every day. Drink your weight in water. <sighs> I don't weigh that much, but it's still a lot. Um, <laughs> what was I saying? The atheist being prophetic and oh, so I kind of. I started listening to this thing by Rob Bell where he talks, where he talks about uh, me, we, and everybody being like three general stages of, of spiritual, emotional, psychological development. And none is better than the other. It's just like where somebody is. And you kind of like are in all the places at the same time, but more in one than the other. And I was thinking about uh, just the evolution of spiritual belief. And I kind of wonder if something atheists like, but not not pure atheism, it, it is is the ending of spiritual development. Now that sounds like it, like it, it like goes and goes until it crashes and burns. Hmm. <clears throat> but I, what if it goes to a point where it's it's an all or nothing kind of thing like where you get to the point where like god is everything everywhere all things all time or he's not and seeing god as everything always for all time like it is very similar to seeing god as nowhere and non-existent Mm. kind of in how and on its impact on your daily life that sounds like craziness (laughs) Like, well, if God's everywhere, then wouldn't you get, like, more in-depth in, like, 
ritual and praying and because you're like afraid of whatever god not being on your side or but that's the thing like if god if everywhere all things all time then there isn't another side to be on (laughs) right it's Um, like he's either infinite or he isn't yeah and i realize that sounds like i'm saying that like me and tommy are further along or something and like where where we are is the end goal no no i there is I don't think if it's infinite, there is no ending, mm-hmm. and I don't think I'm there. So, <laughs> right, even if infinite had an ending, we're definitely not there. And it's not like a hierarchy, so it's mm-hmm. not like one thing is better than another. So it's like it's not like saying if somebody's further along is not saying that they're in a better place. Yeah, like just, the the way just I a different place. Yeah, the way I usually put it, and for anyone I know and anyone listening, like if there's any point where I say anything that sounds like, well, here's like where I used to be, but here's where I am now. I really picture it more like, so I also used to live in Columbus. Now I'm back living in Cincinnati. So but so when I say I'm no longer or that used to or I'm past that, I usually just mean like just literally chronologically past that as in that is in the past and it's where I am now. It doesn't mean I'm more advanced i'm just i'm farther along but only farther along in my own life not on any other kind of it's not like that makes sense it's not like all the people who still live in columbus are somehow behind me in (laughs) life columbus yeah (laughs) now now personally i do consider cincinnati a better city it's part of why we moved back but that's a whole i won't go into that but but it's not but yeah like i said one it's not like the people in columbus are I'm more advanced than them. And two, I mean, who I may end up in Columbus again someday as well. Who knows? I don't plan on it. Better not. I know. I like, I really, it's some, like, it's like a pimple. It's in like, a, in, I'm in tired of flat area. I'm tired of moving around the same city, like much less to a completely different one. Yeah. The older you get, the more moving. Sounds well, depressing. It, it always sucked though. <laughs> That's the problem, but we keep doing it. Right. So, that's weird. <laughs> you are correct. It is weird. You're like, hey, we're moving again. Suddenly everybody's busy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, we sold our pickup truck. All the married guys are like, hey, my wife is in a mood. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, what a coincidence. So is mine. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're moving. <laughs> And no, she has like, lots of things in our basement. <laughs> no, there, there, well, there, there have been that's like not a slam. No, no, because there, there have been legit reasons every time. It's just that's the problem is there are keep being legit reasons, but yeah, reasons. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So basically, I guess. So, like I said, even though I've kind of tried to be like resting in that place of not having a name for it or not really even understanding myself like you know being able to just put a pin on it or describe it but still you know as i'm talking to people you know i've had you know some conversations with my wife and you know she's been you know very open which has been cool and or just you know with each other or with our other friends and people and because people are going to still ask like well where are you at now like well what do you think and it's like do well, they ask that I don't know. Maybe this is just like anticipating future conversations with, oh. particularly with family, because yeah. um, you know they like oh. they care about me and they want to know stuff about me. My family's confused. <laughs> <laughs> but but 
So basically, like, the way I put it now is, like I said, I'm not really anything. And like I said, it's not so much that I'm not Christian anymore. And this, like, just occurred to me the other day. It's really more I just no longer default to the Christian answer for things. Yeah. Because I'm willing or just trying anyway to think beyond that. So, getting, so, for instance, like, with my... So, like, my cancer situation didn't drive me towards this. It's not one of those, oh, well, I'm, like, being, like, really sick. There is no God. Screw everything. It wasn't, like I said, this, <laughs> this, this, this whole process, like, started way before this. It just, you know, maybe, I'm not, I don't even know if it necessarily even made me think about it more. It just gave me more, like, concrete things to think about as yeah, I was thinking about thinking it. time. But. Hospital rooms are good for thinking. <laughs> yeah. So, but. So especially with, like, this, you know, the good news I got recently, like I said, it's not at all that I'm necessarily cured yet. You know, maybe I am. I don't know. But it's things are – so that's one of the things I asked my oncologist. is like, okay, so, yeah, terms like metabolic remission, like, what does that actually mean? Like, so people are – again, so people are going to ask, how are you doing? What's – like, how would you describe how I'm doing that I can explain to people? And she just looked at me and she said, you're doing great. I'm like – I'll take that. <laughs> I mean, and that's kind of where I am, like, spiritually. I don't know how to explain it, but mm-hmm. I think I'm doing great. Because, I mean, even if you put it in, you know, more Christian terms, because I've had people, you know, express concerns about me and, like, and where I'm at. And even, like, growing up, that was basically my opinion of, well, the only way to actually have a good life and be you know, actually happy and joyful and at peace and everything is to have Jesus. Like, Jesus is the answer for everything. You have to have Jesus, and you have to be a Christian, obviously, and, you know, get baptized and give your money to a church and go to that church all the time and read your Bible all the time and tell all your unsaved friends about Jesus so they can go to heaven, too. Like, that's the only way to actually have all this stuff. Yeah, but, but guess what? None of that was said by Jesus. <laughs> Plot twist. <laughs> but... To put it, if you want to put it in Christian terms, and I've told people, like, go down the list of the fruits of the Spirit. I am the best I have ever been in my entire life at every single one of those. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I feel more loving. I feel more joyful. I feel more peaceful, more patient, like more self-control, everything. It didn't Paul or it was Apollo Jesus. I get too confused sometimes. <laughs> um, who said that, that that was how you gauge it? Uh, like, judge a tree by its fruit? Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember. I mean, Jesus killed think, a tree. Yeah, <laughs> because he judged. Or, or did he? I'm sure that was... Yeah, yeah that's another there's at thing. Least a, there's at least a point beyond the killing of the tree. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's one thing I've realized. Like, as So Paul, now I'm confused. Jesus killed a tree, and Paul said, you will know a tree by its fruit. But what if the tree was killed? <laughs> it's like, well, it was a good tree, but Jesus killed it. <laughs> I don't know. You can't see it, but I was doing Mrs. White things from the movie Clue with the flames, <laughs> flames on, on the side of my face. <laughs> flame, get off me! <laughs> oh, I I miss Madeline Kahn. Oh yes, everything she was in was good. Finishing my glass. Oh, me to, too. To Madeline Kahn. All right. So she died of cancer, I think. Really? Yeah. Okay. So that's the other thing I was going to talk about. So. So back with, you know, being, like, all this great news. And, of course, naturally, from, like, friends and family, like, after I shared this news, 
getting like everyone's feeling great about it. And of course, I'm getting a lot of, oh, this is such an answer to prayer. God clearly loves you so much. He's taking care of you. He's got you. Wait, but wait, so if I was dying, does God not love me? Right. As much? And then I would say like, well, what about... Like, was he loving me less when, when this was looking bad? Yeah. Or or literally, just, like, I have an aunt and an uncle who died of cancer. Does God not love them? You got the shit end of that stick. <laughs> yeah, or, or yeah, seriously, like, say, well, God healed me. Like, well, I didn't get healed until I actually went to a hospital and got actual, like, treatment and stuff. If God was going to heal me, why didn't he just, like, heal me at, like, this point last year before it became a thing? And this this may and yeah. also want to say part of my whole like this deconstruction thing and also apparently like doing much better at cancer now I found out I'm pretty much out of fucks at this point <laughs> like so Near death will do that to you <laughs> so I'm I'm feeling like I'm I may be getting a little feisty <laughs> on this but just know like I'm not going I'm it may sound like I'm angry at God or anything like that but it's I'm not. If I'm angry at anything, I'm angry at certain portrayals of God and how God works. But what? But not necessarily the people who have the yeah, portrayals. Yeah, and also, yeah, okay. very good point. Thank you. Not at the people, because like that's also one of the things we said from the beginning. Like we, whenever as much as we're wanting to be honest about where we're at with things, we don't want to take anything away from anyone else and where they're at. And like if what, and that is, yeah. I get, and I, and I realize that's a fine line. Like mm-hmm. it's very easy to interpret. Well, something we say in that way like we're trying to tear something down but if it feels like something's being torn down by something that we say ask yourself is it something that was already being torn down and something we said brought that to light mm-hmm. uh, yeah yeah so before i keep going so we're both out we are both out i have the mic is moved so i'm gonna talk louder no <laughs> um all right, I'll talk louder for you to make up for your... No, I won't. I brought three additional beers Ooh. to contribute. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike is back. Uh, Future Hop IPA from New Belgium. I have a mixed pack. Ooh. Uh, you are a mixed pack. <laughs> that's accurate. Uh, Voodoo Ranger Juicy Haze IPA. Aaron's favorite out of the mixed pack. Mm. And, she uh, has good taste. An Oktoberfest from Sierra Nevada. Uh, it's an amber I actually Mertz. have some of those, too. They're very good. Yeah. Surprise. Yeah. I've never had an amber Meritson as far as I'm, I know. Mm. Maybe. I'll buy some of the ones we probably have. probably it, it's, have. It's a thing. Did yeah. that already happen in the past? Oktoberfest? What? Zincinnati. Yeah, Oktoberfest was last weekend. I wasn't feeling it last weekend. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's like our white whale. It's like, we're going to go, and it's going to be as awesome as that one time where we had beers and prayed for people, but it wasn't really on purpose. And yeah, that was uh, kind of cool. Yeah, we just don't go. Yeah. <laughs> so wh- which one are you feeling? This is this is actually very good, in my opinion, the future half IPA. Um, yeah, and then I also have a... I mean, I don't know. I know Matt's got to drive. <laughs> Matt actually has to drive home. But I'm already at home, so and fuck it. I'm actually going to be driving somewhere else where there will probably be more alcohol. <laughs> Ooh, good for you. But I also have... Uh, uh, so my younger brother, shout out to Andy, who was... Uh, I think it was one of my beer sponsors for the last episode. Yeah, with the rounding third. He also left me behind uh, like half a bottle of uh, Distiller Select Woodford Reserve bourbon. Because, you know, the dude has good taste. So 
I don't know. I'm excited. So what, what are you going to have? I don't know. I feel like where I'm going, I'm going to need some bourbon for this. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's see. Am I in Power Glove Future Hop IPA kind of move? Move. Mood. Or Oktoberfest? Mm. Um, I think I'm gonna have the Juicy Haze IPA. All right, this one's this one's for you, Aaron. Yeah, because if you ever make it to this episode, I won't go into it because it's not. Things have been challenging marriage-wise, and both of us have been troopers. And, I'll say, yeah. Uh, so yeah, this is a shout out to Erin for her her efforts because I think it's probably mm-hmm. been harder for her than me. Yeah, yeah. Because so, so, I can be a dick. <laughs> yeah, your lives just do not know how to chill the fuck out. Seriously, I, I mean, had to give ne- up I mean, a while ne- ago. Neither does mine, to be honest. Man, that is grassy pineapple. So it's like a luau. How did it You got the pineapple and the grass skirt okay. all right there. All right. So Matt Madtree's, I don't know, Lu- Midwest luau is a terrible name <gasps> for their mm. beer. That was a bourbon reaction if you heard that. Ooh, that's good. Oh, Matt Madtree has a Midwest luau beer. And, it, and mm. if it's not grassy and pineapple I don't know what's what anymore. I'm, I'm rioting. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, Holy shit! That's yeah. Good. So, so now that I have my bourbon, all right. Here, here, here we go. So, by the way, listeners, I don't know what's happening next. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really either. So that's why the whole this whole time, like I've been very hesitant, and I've actually been this way for a while, but like hesitant to say things like, "Oh, praise God!" And like, "Oh, I feel so blessed," and. Because I know there's so many other people who just aren't. I mean, and it's bugged me for a long time hearing things like, and like I said, this is this is more just like where it is in my head and me just trying to wrestle with it. So I'm not saying don't like be thankful for things you consider blessings, you know. That that's basically where I've landed is instead of saying I feel so blessed, and we're like okay. I'm just thankful. Yeah, because for whatever it is, blessing implies that like God was choosing mm-hmm. to do something or not do something, right? Because and you hear it all the time. Like, I mean, and these are more like, or that ex- you did something not to, right, didn't do something, right? And these are like extreme examples. But I think sometimes you know more extreme examples are more helpful for extreme. illustrating a point. <sighs> I just did metal horns that you can't see. Nineties reference, <laughs> <laughs> but like when someone like who is so you have this like dude who's like already has an amazing job already very like financially well off and things are great and then they get a promotion and they're like oh thank you god so much for answering my prayer you've blessed me with this promotion or like so is god really like blessing this dude that already has it all together meanwhile you got like over three million children under the age of five dying of starvation every year and how many of them have been prayed for and how many of them were praying like did god not answer their prayer I gotta think if you're starving, you're praying. <laughs> oh yeah, and like, and I and I know we have people in churches praying for all these people all the time. Yeah, 
So it's, it's so it's like the out the physical outcome can't. It just feels like its physical outcome can't be the answer to the prayer or not. Because or, sorry, it seems to happen independently. Mm-hmm. There, there was a study done that showed that uh, extensive study that showed that um, prayer seems to have statistically no no impact on outcomes. Uh, but if the person knows they're being prayed for, it does have an impact on the outcome, mm. which leads me to believe that it's prayer is is a relational tool mm-hmm. and not an outcome tool. Yeah, because I've I've also seen this. Um, something I heard recently. They studied. I don't know if the study was specifically a, about this or if that's just what, like the example they were using, uh, for the study. But basically. People who are say like trapped in a cave or something, they said some some of them will like pray to pray for rescue. Others won't, and they actually like have shown that like people who pray for rescue end up surviving because. But they say it's probably just because like because they have this hope in their head, and that's what's keeping them going. Yeah. So by the time rescue actually gets to them, they're they're still going, and they're still there. So I definitely think there's something to it, but so like I said, at this point, I'm just, like I said, I'm not, like, I'm not angry. So I'm not angry at God for letting those, you know, millions of people starve or letting my aunt and uncle die of cancer or the little girl who was in kindergarten, like when I was in grade school who died of leukemia. Man. And, and I went to a Christian school. So we were, we were, people were praying for her. That sounds dramatic. Yeah. Especially <laughs> at a Christian school because, like... The implication is you pray hard enough for something and she survives and then she doesn't and you're in kindergarten yeah. and you're like, what did I do wrong? Yeah, because the other explanation... it's all about you and you're in kindergarten for everybody. Right. Yeah. And But I didn't know the girl personally, but from what I but from what I heard from other people, like she was handling the thing like a trooper. Like she was always like happy and joyful, like right to the end. But... I think as a kid, you get life better sometimes. <sighs> yeah. You're yeah. like, you just know that this isn't it. But but the explanations that people give for this stuff is what drives me crazy. And like I said, I'm, I'm probably am at some point here, like actually crossing that line into maybe more being angry at the people and attacking the people, which I really I don't want to do. And I know it's like so if I am just that's what editing is for. No, no, I'll, I'll I don't know, but. <laughs> but but the explanation that you hear, like with like children, like whether it's cancer or anything, or just anyone, because that's the other thing. Like death is weird <laughs> in the way we approach. It's almost like once you get to a certain age and you die, then oh, it's okay. But people people like die young. But then the, one of the explanations I give is like, oh, it's okay. You know, God knows what He's doing. Well, now they're in. Well, now they're in heaven. God wanted them there. It's like, well, if that was God's plan, it's like why. And if heaven's eternal, why does it matter how soon they get there? Yeah. Oh, okay. So, I, uh, Vsauce. Shout out to Vsauce, YouTube algorithm. Um, <laughs> that that guy's a little nuts. Also extremely intelligent. Uh, he was talking about, and one of the things, but like materialism, not as like as a capitalist thing, but just the focus on cause and effect. Mm-hmm. And since the the Enlightenment people haven't focused on cause and effect, and one of the side effects of that is that uh, the assumption that death is an end, like so we start people started to fear death 
because um, the whole cause and effect thing, you're just <clears throat> focused on the material world and what causes something, what is the material effect. And then when the material world ends, when you die, it's kind of the end. And so it became part of uh, like everybody's consciousness who isn't stuck in a Middle Ages mentality. Uh, and there are parts of, parts of the world where like it's inescapable. Like that's just where you are. It's a Middle Ages mentality. Uh, Afghanistan, former and present. Um, and so you you start to fear death because there's no material cause and effect anymore. So what 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 is there? Um, and so it, that's kind of where. When everything was was spiritual or magical, people just naturally assumed death wasn't the end because there was a the focus was on things that were not tangible. Hmm. Maybe also because there's a whole lot more suffering in the world. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's kind of where that comes from. Is just you you fear you fear the unknown and post material world is completely unknown. And unthinkable. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hope that was helpful. I enjoyed his episode. <laughs> yeah. Sounds good. His beer is also very good. Mm. Looks tasty. It, it Downright milky. Mm. <laughs> Milkshake, IPAs. Uh, can eat a bag of dicks. For the most part. I'm angry whenever I like one. <laughs> but uh but yeah but yeah so like i said so just pondering death you know it's, it's something everyone does but you know started doing a little more and became a little more personal <laughs> a <obviously>. little <laughs> what's that a little might be an understatement yeah um because <laughs> oh, one of the things i was saying th- that happens yeah huh. that's weird <laughs> but it's one of the things I was thinking about, um, and this kind of goes, I mean, I think in some way this might be connected to, like, the whole, like, quantum reality of, like, perception is a reality, and, like, so really, like, how you perceive something, like, literally changes it. Yeah. Just, so, just the act of, of observing. So, just the way we talk, just the way people talk about death, like, most of the time, like, people consider, like, this is the absolute worst thing ever. It's why, it's why we have that survival instinct. Yeah. Like, we think, like, when someone dies, it's terrible. Like, we, so basically your entire life, you know, unless, I mean, obviously there's people who, like, for various reasons just want to, you know, give up and say, like, I'm done. You know, either, like, commit suicide or whatever. And, but, and I'm not trying to make it sound like that's, like, a, there's, like, something wrong with them. Because, like, I've heard from, like, people who, like, or just done and want it to end. And I'm like, yeah, that's understandable. Like, I get you. I mean, it sucks, but. But I, there, there's a, a song by that, that band. I, I sent you a song about that one or sent you a link about that one time. The what was it, Wingnut Dishwashers Union. Mm. He has a song about uh, one of the lyrics. He talks about how. Uh, there's a lot. There's this girl he knows who takes heroin or does heroin, and she does it because she wants to kill herself. And so instead of killing herself, she does heroin, and and then the cops pick her up mm. because she's not killing herself. And so like this is the alternative to her killing herself, 
and you're arresting her for it. And so it just, I don't know, it touches on that whole, like, the mental health and I want to die mentality. And, Mm. uh, like, are we, like, why are we arresting people for basically not killing themselves? (laughs) I mean, because if you do heroin, it's because you, you you feel like you need to go. Yeah. <laughs> like, you need to go somewhere else, and, and it's it's a little death for a little while. Mm-hmm. That's also ecstasy-related. Uh, kind of heaven-related. It's like heaven early, and then you shit yourself the next morning or something. Hmm. Heaven, then hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, about that. But, yeah, so, <laughs> but as far as... Just like the perception of it, like I said, so most of the time when people talk about it, it's like the absolute worst thing ever, and we're like yeah. avoiding it as much. But then, but then when it comes to where, so say if it had gone this way with me, or I had got the news from the doctors, like yeah, there's nothing more we can do, you know, you only got like X amount of time to live. Then, for the most part, and I'm assuming because I've seen this happen with like this is just the way it always goes. Then the conversation says, oh, you know, death, you know, it's just a transition. All of a sudden, like we soften it. Like extremely, yeah. so and you're like that was a hard rate, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, but that's but then, but it, but either way, you talk about death that way feels real. Like when you're just living and people talk about it, and like I said, it's your survival instinct. Like that is real. This is the the thing to be avoided, not just yeah. for me, but also for other people. Like I don't want other people dying. But then when it comes to okay, it's inevitable. It's happening then you yeah. just like you make peace with it yeah so are, so are you saying that like living is good dying is good i don't know <laughs> i mean i'm glad i haven't or, found are you out saying, yet like it can be it can be both like dying can be bad dying can be good it's kind of how you measure it yeah i mean and i mean just the entire concepts of good and bad i've like been rethinking like is because I hesitate to say that, like, kind of like how I was saying earlier about like whether or not I'm calling myself a Christian, whether or not you can call something bad or not to yeah. me, like saying I can call something bad sounds weird, but also saying I can't call something bad also sounds weird. Well, because I mean, try telling someone who's like, again, let's go to an extreme example, like you know, tell someone who's been raped, like, so, oh, there's there's no such thing as bad. Oh, that wasn't bad. Yeah. No, you, you if you say that, it's gonna punch you in the fucking throat. <laughs> I gotta imagine like it's like dying, but you're still alive. Yeah, I, like, like I said, I, I cannot even imagine. No. I, I, it, yeah. That's... But even though, like I said, I've been close to like imagining my own death. I cannot imagine that. Yeah. I actually apologize for saying I gotta imagine it's like this. That was no. Gotta imagine it's bad. All kinds of bad. Every kind mm-hmm. of bad? That sounds right. Yeah, there you go. I think it's why we, I think it's why it's our go to awful thing, is because it's it's all the kinds of bad. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah. Like even people who it's like you don't need to actually know how bad it is experientially right to know how bad it is conceptually right local news <laughs> yeah you're like so and so was molested then burned to death and you're like and then you go into details their body was found here and looked like this and you're like no just stop it just stop 
Yeah. Like, well, that because that's the thing. Like, if here on the nightly news, like, like just someone like, again, like all these things being relative in the way we express things is so weird. Someone was just killed. We're like, yeah, that's normal. But if someone was like raped or like sexually assaulted, it's like you know we kind of that grabs your attention a little more. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Because if there's, for example, right now at Midtown, I read an article. Midtown Manhattan. Right now, people are doing heroin in daylight on the sidewalk in Midtown Manhattan. Like, okay, I get it. I do get it because life is messed up right now. <laughs> like, we're, we're, we're in, in, in like, peak-wise on the chart. We're, we're in, like, very close to tied for first giant second wave. <laughs> mm. And... And so I understand why, like, the national consciousness ends up with people doing drugs in midtown Manhattan. People move there to get away from drugs (laughs) or junkies. Just, it's Manhattan. Yep, yep. Um, Fuck, where was I going with this? Oh, police police are overlooking, people, police are looking, overlooking it. Mm, mm -hmm. Um. They lost some of their prosecution immunity, so nobody's very interested in in address going after somebody who may fl- just flip their shit, and they have to use excessive restraints on them because they could sue, and they don't have immunity now. Uh, good idea has gone bad. Yeah, and at the same time, they could be stabbed with an HIV needle, and then get sued. <laughs> So, so they're just like on their phones, not doing anything because what's the incentive? Yeah, man. Uh, shit, what was I saying? Oh, but, but if it was people being raped as often as junkies are on the street, oh my gosh, National Guard would already be there. Mm. I mean, that's, I almost said something a little racist uh, about Middle Eastern um, but I went ahead and kind of finished it because I want to be honest and authentic. Uh, like that sounds like something that happens in India or places in India or places in the Middle East. Mm. Um, well, yeah, because, because the they're different. Yeah. Oh, and also there's, there's just so many people, period. Right. So bad things are going to be worse because there's more people because mm-hmm. people can be either very good or very bad. Mm-hmm. And then when you just have, then just times that by a billion or so, you know. Yeah, you end up with gangs doing things yeah. very good. I mean, very bad. and so yeah, like the, yeah, I mean that's how things like you know the human trafficking, like, happens over there. Like they're they're just, I mean, it's not people are desperate. Yeah, and it's and bad. <laughs> yeah, and you'll. Yeah, I don't want to... Wait, okay, back to the good or bad thing. Um, mm-hmm. So good or bad are, is useful for relative description, like good or bad relative to something else, mm-hmm. uh, to whatever the standard is for that for that reference. Like, people need that kind of uh, binary reference to make sense of things because we can only make sense of things comparing it to something else. Otherwise, it has no meaning. Right, and it helps with decision-making. You're like, okay, I prefer this over that. Yeah. Yeah. And that works in science and stuff, like Newtonian physics, and then you get to the point where you get into quantum physics, where comparative stuff doesn't make sense anymore, like binary thinking, because then you get to the singular energy that makes up everything. 
And so if there's one energy that makes it one, like everything's made up of energy and it's just energy. There's no like additional kind of energy. It's a singular thing, which I'm not saying that energy is God, but I'm saying God is that he, 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 not, he just, he's not just that energy. God, right. he, well, for simplicity, um, Oh, for simplicity. <laughs> he, she, they. I'm going to say they. Uh, they. I'm just going to say she. Fuck it. So God isn't. Yeah, let's switch it out. So she isn't just the energy. She transcends and is the energy. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so yeah. when you get to that point, there there isn't a difference. Well, yeah, it's like saying like. So good and bad. Sorry, I had an analogy, but right before I said it, I was like, that doesn't actually make sense. Sorry for the interruption. Or did it? Sorry, Bill. Finger in my nose. (laughs) Ooh. And I actually, literally when you did that, my nose got a little twitch. Like I said, I need to put my finger in mine too. See? We we both have our fingers in our noses. it's a social prompt. (laughs) (laughs) It's like yawning. Related. (laughs) One time in college, (laughs) when I was still living at home, uh, I put a dollar ten and nickels and dimes up my nose, <laughs> and I don't remember if I ran out of change or that was all it would fit. <laughs> See, I'm simultaneously glad I know that now, but also upset that you haven't told me that before. Oh, I, th- <laughs> I, sw- I thought I did. I maybe maybe I told Van Dorn. I thought I knew you, my in-law. We call VD. We're kind of similar. Well, we're both quiet. Yeah. Contrary to what these episodes may lead you to believe. He should be a guest sometime. Yeah. And we are going to do that. Which like I, everybody who's listening, all, I don't know, according to yeah, I feel, metrics, four. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, and like, yeah, f- we have four listeners, but like 6% of you are from Germany. I don't know how that works. <laughs> Is it still just the one person? Well, it's like now it's like six percent Germany and like two percent Canada. Oh, the Canadian guy started listening. The Canadian guy? Yeah, our token Canadian. Oh, good. I can't remember your name, Canadian man. <laughs> but like, I, I found him on another on another. Uh, it's Facebook. probably something like Glenn. That sounds Canadian. With two ends or one? What's more Canadian? That one. It's more I mean, chill. Canadia has one end. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I found him on a message board back when Canadia. I was back when I was being social on Facebook. Hmm. And I feel really bad. I invited two people to join our Facebook group and then I disappeared. And <laughs> sorry. Yeah, which by the way, yeah, that's I feel I, bad. I, mean, I, really I keep inviting people to our Facebook group and then like nothing happens there. So which part of that is our fault. But okay. also part of it, like other people are allowed to post stuff too. And yes, I'm talking to you. Okay, back to Canadian Glenn. That's probably not his real name. So I, I, he posted some things on this. Oh, shit. I can't remember what board it was on on Facebook. Uh, but he posted some stuff and I'm like, that's really balanced and thought out. He's good. He's good people. We need. I want to talk to good people. And so I invited them to our, our Facebook thing and he joined. And I was like, sweet. Oh, thanks, Glenn. <laughs> and then and then I you should I, be friends I with Bill barely said a word to him since yeah and I feel bad and here's the thing okay I have a bit of social anxiety when it comes to 
I think I don't know conflict or potential conflict I don't know sometimes mm-hmm. dealing with things in my house takes like all of my emotional intelligence and so all I have left is like factual interaction right mm. but talking to people especially strangers when they're just like information I'm talking about they're like robot <laughs> robot as a slur so i don't get on there and then i feel bad because i'm actually very yeah, no, happy no offense to actual on robots there. we love robots yeah it, but something i've noticed is i'm wondering if our if our target audience isn't uh, people who are <clears throat> atheist or questioning atheist because um I keep coming across more and more people that I know who have like either read your Facebook posts and people's replies to them, and they're like, "People are assholes to Tommy. Why are they so mean to Tommy? He has cancer." <laughs> <laughs> and then I say, "I know, right?" Oh, it's like, thank but you, people. I understand where they're coming from. They're just living their ethos, and like they're doing what they think is best, and like they're trying to help. But now, I will say that. I think one of the people I referenced last time that I actually ended up unfriending, he refriended me more like because of like his concern and like keeping up to date with like my cancer and stuff. And but I was, your like, theology is still shit. Right. But <laughs> he's behaved himself and, oh. I, and I've behaved myself for the, there was that one time. <laughs> there is that one time where I, I <laughs> metaphorically said, fuck yourself. <laughs> no, I, I got pretty snarky on a post of his, but did you? I thought it was a great point. But there was snark in my heart. Oh, true. Which, which oh, speaking of my heart, one thing I forgot to mention, like, so so apparently, <laughs> like, the cancer's gone in my heart now because I had another echocardiogram and it said... Yeah, that was a cliffhanger. You didn't the, finish that. Yeah, so, so I had another echocardiogram saying, like, oh, yeah, the mass that was there before is no longer visible. So... Nothing is visible. But now then, it's just invisible cancer no yeah. no but that's what it was the no first cancer. time oh and, f- and fuck that shit yeah but it was like some that's really another thing i want cancer. that's that's another thing i want to get to is how much i actually love my cancer oh have i that mentioned that good. before no you mentioned it briefly but okay but first the heart thing so it broke jeremy first brain of all bit, i think oh we've now mentioned jeremy in every single episode oh <laughs> jeremy you need pom-poms you're a cheerleader now <laughs> so but so first of all, it was just like finding out like the cancer like spread to my heart, like just the concept. Okay, my heart has skin cancer. That was weird. <laughs> yeah, did but, you break skin cancer? Well, apparently that's what melanoma likes. That's another thing I teased, which was well, like, and, and did you say that like how metal that is? Yes, I mean, okay, my so heart has skin cancer. <laughs> <laughs> well, and also since melanoma is usually like really dark or black, so it's like I may have actually had literally a partially blackened heart, which <laughs> which is metal as. F- fuck but which also like there's like a like a song i got into recently by this band lord ashore um called uh, called of the abyss like and it has this like line in the chorus it starts from the carcass of a dead star which is awesome to the darkness of a blackened heart oh we are one in the dust and the nothingness we are infinite one of the coolest what is that black metal well it's metal it's a death core 
Oh, but still, that's like universalism. We are one stuff. I know, which is why it's currently like one of my favorite songs ever. And like every time I'm listening to that song while I'm driving, I am very dangerous, and I'm surprised I haven't died. <laughs> yeah, I drove here listening to Soulfly, which is uh, Ooh, nice. Man, they're all over the place genre-wise. All right, so I want a quick payoff on another tease I said earlier about, so just like how the cancer spreads and like so why it spreads. Teasers. Because, I, and I'll try to keep this brief. So the Grease. way the guy explained melanoma to me was the reason it likes to spread so much is because like when the body is first forming, like I guess the, the melanocytes, which is like the stuff in your skin that like gives you melanin and like makes you tan and stuff. Right. So when those are forming, when your body is first forming in the womb, is around this, and it forms in about the same area where your brain starts developing, <laughs> which is why melanoma likes to go to the brain. It's like, hey, haven't seen you in a while. But, <laughs> but basically, the way the guy explained it to him he was like, oh, the brain cells are like, you're not brain cells, get out of here. So like, oh, okay. So the melanocytes, they're literally their first job is to go everywhere because they're in the skin, and your mm-hmm. skin is everywhere. So. What melanoma does is, for whatever reason, it sort of makes the melanocytes kind of revert back to that phrase of, oh, we got to go everywhere. So that's why it likes to spread. So I was like, that's like this was like the spiritual aspect of it and why. And I didn't find out this out till like after I'd already had that concept of I feel like I love my cancer, but I don't know why. But it's like. It's like that concept of identity. So we were like, cool, go with that. Yeah. We're not going to tell you not to love shit. Go for it. Yeah. (laughs) But like, but it's that concept of like what we like say to people is like, you know, realize your true identity, who you really are. Like that's your problem. That's the problem here is not, it's, you're just trying to act like something that you're not. Oh, sin. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and like I said, that's something for like that I would do like. Not from the very beginning, but I think it was more like after it spread and really feeling like that's like I said, like we don't really know what actually did it, whether it was like the immunotherapy or the chemotherapy or like all this. I've literally like thrown everything at this. Is it like the CBD oil that I've been taking that people tell me cures cancer? Is it the the Delta eight? I tried to vape and cough. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Is it is it the is it the prayers? Is it. Like I said, the way I have like felt God through this entire like if like whatever my concept of God is, which I still don't actually know, what I still don't believe. Like I'm not saying I don't believe the concept, but I just no longer default to the concept of like like again going back to like the blessing thing. Like I don't see it as like this being that's like constantly making decisions. I'm going to bless this person, but yeah. not this person. You know, okay, it, I, 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 feel, I, I got to prescribe losing your concept of God and go bigger. Yes. Always. Yes. So just don't have one. Go bigger. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to do. That's basically where I am right now is like there is no concept of God I'm defaulting to. I'm just trying to. How do you default to infinity? That's the conundrum that we probably I know won't ever you kind of can't. So yeah. when people try to, they don't. Yeah. But so the way I viewed my cancer, which you know, again I affectionately named Herman. So. <laughs> Devin Townsend reference. It definitely lightened the mood when you were talking about cancer. That's good. I'm yeah. glad. But because that's what's important. <laughs> Others' moods. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when you're like my my cancer. No, no, my mood. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, I'm, sorry. I'm wrecking your mood with <laughs> life is so easy. Delta variant. <laughs> <laughs> Until Tommy got cancer. That's what we were all like. Uh, COVID and then Delta and all our kids are back in school and now Tommy has cancer. <laughs> it's like, life Sorry. is good. <laughs> but no, like I remember there were several times, and 
I remember one in particular where, like I said, I don't really pray anymore, but I either am grateful things for thing, grateful for things, or just like meditate on things. Yeah. So the way the, what I was thinking, I was basically like talking to myself, like to the Hermans at this point. Yeah. Uh, just saying like, okay, and also just thinking back to that whole concept of like matter is neither created nor destroyed. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, what you're doing now, stop it. I don't like, <laughs> but so, but I remember like thinking to myself and to the Hermans, like neither of us needs to be destroyed. Yeah, that is good. And you can just, you'll still be the same protons, neutrons, and electrons, and cells, or whatever, but you just stop what you're doing right now, and it's okay. This is not who you are. This is not who we are. Go back to how we were. That's all we need to do. And it seemed like like you're, you're, I was going to say mood, that's not right. Your focus, your focus mood was um, not on fighting it. Yeah, because at first, like, I was even, like, using the hashtag, like, fuck cancer and, you know, fight. But but after a while, it's like, I don't, I don't feel like that's right. Like, not, again. And that's where you, but that's where you were initially. So if people are in a place where they're like, I got to fight my cancer and that's what's going to get you through it. I'm not going to say don't do that. Yeah, because I know there are so many people who, like, that's their attitude to the whole thing and it fucking works. So, yes, absolutely. (laughs) So if that's where you are and that's what feels like, like, needs to happen, then do it. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do it. Yeah. All right. So are we, are we going to pay off on the prayer thing? You should. Okay. How, how much time do you have, by the way? I have about an hour. It's okay, okay. if I'm late. They're not going to be there in time. All right. Well, then I'm going to pause this because I got to pee. All right. We're back. So now it's pay off on a tease from, what was it, like three months ago, two and a half. So, yeah, so part of this whole journey, both the cancer I'm and faith. I'm still trying not to laugh at what I said <laughs> off mic. It was it was good. You said several good things off mic. Okay, how about we recap? Okay. Because I don't care. So first, I peed. First, you peed. While you were peeing, I was peeing. Whoa. And. Connectedness. I was narrating slash singing a song. <laughs> which happens... I don't know, maybe more often than I'd like to admit when I pee. Um, ADHD. I get bored. Uh, so I was like, Pissing in the party. I was like, Pissing in the party. I was like getting all metal with it. That sounded good. Um, yeah, I've been working on a metal voice. Thing is that it, it, it like, I go, <coughs> after a while. Cause it's hard. It's hard to keep that resonance further down mm. in the throat. When it gets further up, then you're like, oh. uh, yeah. So that happened, and then uh, we were talking about. Uh, I was talking about Rob Bell's podcast. Um, it's like a four part series him and his son did. I don't know if his son's doing all the podcasts recently or not, but it's really cool to hear him and his son talk because they're like buddies. Uh, and the focus was on there's three stages of emotional development slash spiritual development called me, we, and everybody. And one is not more like valuable than the others or ranked higher. It's it's just like where people are spiritually or kind of wherever as a person. Um, 
and it was making a whole lot of sense of different things. And I was <laughs> talking about how, oh, there's four Gospels, which isn't three. So <laughs> it's like... He was so you, holding up three fingers. Yeah, so you got one, two, three, and then John. <laughs> Which kind of makes sense because John is 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 out there compared to the other two, and uh, so you've got the three who are very similar, and then John, they're like this. The first three are like this, this, and this, and then John, and yeah, the John way, is kind of like right everything. <laughs> yeah, the way I put it was like you had the first three and did like three fingers on one hand, and then John, which is the middle finger on the other hand. Um, I and I remembered somebody said one time I, I brought up a quote from John. And it like refuted something somebody else said, uh, which I think was more along fundamental lines. And I was like, "Great," right, but then John said this, and I was more like, not trying to refute, but just saying, "Here's another thing that happened, <laughs> and it's different." Well, it's like that improv game, yes and. Yeah, and, and, he, and then and this other guy goes, "Well, right," but John was written like the longest after Jesus was on the earth, so like indicating that like is less reliable and wonk and more wonky so you're saying it's a less inspired part of the bible what what i i, I, I don't know where that was going and so then that was more to whoever that guy was not you and so that yeah. stuck in my head um and i was kind of like for a while i was like wait why that sounded weird why did that sound weird that like that was a refutation of what i said and then i started thinking okay if it's like a marriage if your relationship with god is like a marriage and it is per jesus mm-hmm um, it's Solomon. Geez. Like, do you want to get marriage advice from a newlywed or from somebody who's been married for a while? Probably somebody who survived marriage. And I, I do say survived in glowing terms because mm-hmm. it, it, it's it's a tempest and a crucible. <laughs> I mean, it's awesome, but it is not easy. No, I recommend it. Mm-hmm. You'll hate it at times. <laughs> Probably the best marriage advice anybody's ever given or received. <laughs> Amen. And when you hate it, don't give up. Yeah. Yeah, because if you give up, then you're like, and then you just find somebody else to hate things with. <laughs> and you're like, great, now I've got a set. <laughs> it's inescapable, folks. And collect them all. <laughs> that's, that's what happens after you get divorced once, is usually people get divorced again. You know. Mathematically, statistically. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where Aaron and I were both divorced previously. Our kids don't know that. But they aren't listening right now. <laughs> um, still trying to figure out when to tell them that. Uh, so, like, we're. So we, we've got. So we finish this side tangent before we pay off on the other side tangent before so, we get back to what you were originally talking about that, bef- that was a teaser to what we were actually talking about. Yay! <laughs> Diagram that! Sorry, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so Aaron and I have are both divorced previously. We both have ADHD. We have two special needs children, uh, taxing in different ways. Um, I'm a stay at home parent <laughs> instead of mm-hmm. her. Uh, shit. What else? I don't know. All those things statistically. Individually, statistically, <laughs> yeah, just just any one of those make us more likely to get divorced, and because of our personalities, we're like fuck that, <laughs> <laughs> game on. <laughs> there there aren't statistics for all the overlapping statistics that we have. 
Um, yeah, which by the way, I don't say this enough, but your family collectively is my hero. I appreciate that because sometimes we don't feel like heroes, yeah. except maybe Elise. I think she pretty much always thinks she's a hero. <laughs> All right, so she's she's got to figure it out. That's good. Uh, what did somebody call her? They called her fierce. Mm-hmm. Somebody prophetic when she was an infant uh, held her and, and said, uh, "She's fierce," and we're like, "Is that a good thing?" She's, oh yeah. Turns out it is because I don't think I don't know if it's dawned on her that that. That she has special needs yet. Yeah. <laughs> she's six. And she's like, whatever. Everybody else poops in the potty. I don't. Fuck it. I'm a hero. <laughs> That's kind of where she is. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I love that so much. So that when we... Go, we... <laughs> Every time we're like, you can pee in the potty when you need to pee. And she's like, no, soon. <laughs> And she's so, she's, she's so confident when she says it. I've never seen anybody who's like, give their parents such a confident fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, change my diaper. <laughs> You're welcome. We're on my, we're on my schedule now. <laughs> All right, so. So now for the tea from like, I think, I think in early July was when we, our last episode. So. It's okay if you're angry, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bill knows your pain. <laughs> oh, but I just, thanks pe- for, thanks I just for the, peaked the mic, I think, right there. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm looking at the recording. Almost. Sweet. Almost. Yeah, we were like right there. Is. Right uh, there. But, um. <laughs> Uh, is that when it goes or just stops? No, it just distorts a little, ever so slightly. Hmm. Like okay. you didn't completely max it out, but it's like right there at the line. <laughs> like I don't see the little red markers that would pop up when it actually peaks. But anyway, man, we are like delaying the hell out of this. It's trying to build all the suspense ever. <clears throat> so I think we don't want to talk about it. I don't know what to do with it. Yeah, and but I've, you were there. <laughs> I know. So I refer to it as like the prayer incident, where I was attacked with prayer. I guess. Which oh I, no, and I hate saying that it like that sounds bad. But it was. It wasn't bad. It was just really weird to me for where I for where I'm at. Wait. So, so if you're attacked and it's good, is that what is that? Is that sadism? <laughs> It was very, very, uh, I'd say it was a very S&M experience, but it wasn't, even though three people did come over. (laughs) Okay, I'm so sorry. Are you saying saying that group sex is automatically sadistic? I'm I'm not, no. (laughs) No. I'm so happy (laughs) that group sex is being compared. (laughs) people coming over for prayer but okay because here's why i kind of feel bad talking about it because like okay so of the three people that came over one of them very good friend of mine uh the second uh, uh someone like i'd met don't really actually know very well but from what i could tell very awesome person wait are you talking about the guy we know is the leader from mm-hmm. okay yeah from other prayer things and then just another person I didn't know at all, but yeah, even from the experience, <laughs> didn't like, know it all, but sure. <laughs> like from what I could tell, super cool person from everything I could tell. But 
So one of the things I've tried to keep in mind throughout this like entire cancer experience is like I said, I basically, I have, I guess one way I put it, I have no concept of God right now. If I could, you know. Huh. Yeah. But yeah, I, I just don't have a concept. It's not like I don't want one, but I just don't currently have one that I'm like sticking to or trying to rationalize or anything. I'm just, is the key always wanting one? I think it is. Hmm. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Anyway, for but either way, I don't really have one. Mm-hmm. So, but for me, if if there is a way that God has shown up for me throughout this experience or anything, it's been through other people. Yeah. And through the love that I've been feeling, which that's honestly been one, like people have told me like through like going through the cancer thing and moving and still being on furlough from that job I was furloughed from like a year and a half ago. You're technically employed still. Yeah. I mean, I'm, that's where my insurance is still through. But you can get an unemployment though. Uh, no, because I am working. Oh, I mean, but if you were, if you were just furloughed. Oh yeah. yeah I actually was for a while You're right. until I started working again, but so thank you taxpayers. <laughs> yeah. Thank you listeners. Actually, no, thank you companies that have paid into it. Yes, that too. Mm-hmm. But, I was, <coughs> but, um, against your but, will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, but that's like, I guess the way I, the way I put it is like, that's how God has shown up for me is through like the love from other people and that and people have asked me like all this stuff I'm going through like I, one thing I've heard all the time is like I don't know how you do it I don't know how you keep going I was like well that's yeah. how I mean one like because my wife has just been a fucking trooper through all this I mean she's I mean and that's one of the things I love about like um, the doctors and people I talk to with the cancer advisors like they're every time I've met with them they're always like very conscious to like because she's always there with me yeah. is like talking to her like how are you doing right because they and they're like, a lot of times, this is harder on the spouse than it is on the actual yeah, patient. Yeah, my mom, my mom's experience, yeah. and they, they feel like they need to be strong. So, yeah, because your because yeah. your dad is going through it as well, and yeah, his uh, just short thing. His numbers are for his age; they're good. Oh, awesome, awesome. <clears throat> so yeah, he's making progress. Sweet. Yeah. So yeah, he has lymphoma, which is like kind of equally. Which is the the Hodgkins or non-Hodgkins? Non-Hodgkins. Non-Hodgkins. I don't know what that means. I just know it's a thing. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I think it depends which kind. It it's it's a decent. It's a decent version of cancer. <laughs> oh, that's decent. Cool. They're not like oh, <laughs> here's hoping. <laughs> okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. So, but yeah. So, so with the the prayer incident, like I said, like the whole thing, like it was kind of weird. And it also, if anything, it was a, an experience that really hammered home for me. I am not where I used to be <laughs> as far as like faith and spirituality and yeah. everything. But but I like I said, me, me me too. Even though I wasn't the one going through yeah, it. But I loved the part of experience, the experience, just because, like I said, one of the people there, a very good friend of mine, and like this person, like I just loved how much they were concerned about me and they were really wanting to do this because they cared. Like, and I, and even like the other p- people who I didn't really know that well, like you could tell they were concerned. They really cared. And that really meant a lot. But, and, and if I had gone through the same experience, like even like a year or maybe even less, maybe about a year earlier, like this would have been like right where I was at. It would have been totally on board. I would have thought, oh, this was amazing. I would have real, but it was like as I was going through it, is was it made me realize I'm really not where I used to be. 
as you're going through the cancer stuff or the prayer stuff? But, well, both, but I guess particularly this this particular prayer experience, because like, so like one of the first, so the yeah, I did, that I, was the other thing that I was didn't like envy you because that that would have yes, the difference <clears throat> would have been jarring. Yeah, because it was also the first time I had gone through a prayer experience like this since I had made like such a drastic change. Cause basically yeah, the last time I had been in anything like this, I was like all in like completely like at that place. Of, yeah. But, and it was good. Yeah. But the, the thing that made it a little weird for me at first was again, this is something I had been totally used to before, but now it felt weird. Like it was almost, I don't want to say a hierarchy, but there was, the way, it, but it was very structured, and like one of them was leading it. That's a hierarchy, yeah. Yeah, but also the the person leading it was the one person I was the least familiar with. Like I'd never even seen or met before. Oh, really? I would assume the other. So that made that it we, a little we weird, know. but right. So so the way we were, especially given the context in your own house. Yeah, yeah. This was this was yeah. this was at our. We had already moved this point, but we, I met these people at the house we were currently trying to sell, just because you know no one else was there, and I think I was already going to be over there for some other stuff, to, like to move some more things over. Anyway, so but we were the way we were all sitting, like so. This guy who was I guess leading it was sitting right across from me. We were just in four chairs, like no table or anything, just sitting, and then the other two were beside. So he was kind of like looking right can at. I, can me. I give a tip to people who are praying with people they don't know? Is do not square off with them, like that's that's interpersonal no no. Mm. Uh, it it's a confrontational threatening position. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, and I don't. It, it could be fine. And I don't know if I ever. I mean, threatened might be a strong word for how I actually felt, but I could definitely see how that be. could have felt. Especially at the like, like as somebody, and I could have gone there myself, like yeah. But I was like I said, I was very much like consciously because even like going into it, I kind of had the feeling I w- this wasn't gonna be like where I met. But but yeah. like, I tried to consciously go into it. Like, these could, are people who care about me and are wanting yeah. to like show love to me. So trying to go into it with that attitude. And I, and I can, I, but I can tell you, somebody like myself with PTSD symptoms. Um, if somebody squares off with me and I'm not in the right frame of mind, even if it's my wife, Aaron, or my son, like I'll ask him to take a step back just because like it, it for whatever reason, it activates fight or flight. Mm. <clears throat> um, and if anybody's had any past trauma, uh, abuse or whatever, squaring off with them in a vulnerable moment can can be threatening. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so... <clears throat> So I think, like, you know, after, you know, just introductions and a short little, you know, chatting and once we actually, you know, started the experience proper, I think, so it was, like, it wasn't just prayer, you know, it was a lot of them also, like, just, like, conversation and trying to, like, gauge where I'm at and given, and and like I said, I mean, two of these people I didn't really know at all, so yeah, it was more just them getting a... Did you feel like you were being evaluated? Um, I don't know. Like judged or? I I wouldn't say judged necessarily. Well, or adjacent. I mean, maybe because that's kind of part of like what happened. So what the first thing that the guy sitting straight across from me, like asked me was, so it, it actually started out really cool. So he asked me like, so 
imagine like Jesus is like right here right now because you know he is I don't remember if he said that but it was definitely like implied you know let's yeah. treat this like yeah Jesus is here so sort of imagine he's a person just like me sitting here right now like yes, he is right <laughs> I know and, and like I said it, it totally felt like like yeah we're acknowledging that so let's get ourselves in that mindset yeah. of so it's like what would you ask him right now and this is after I explained yeah the cancer situation the trying to sell the house and like, like the job and everything going on why platypuses yeah <laughs> Well, now that's what I would have, but, but no, but at the time I remember, I think the first thing that came to my head was like, I, I don't know, I, I would, I would really like a hug. And then the guy like literally got up and like gave me a hug. Which is, is damn near perfect. If there, if, if, if not perfect. Yeah. I'm like, so I'm like, all right, this like, is sweet. This is awesome. We're the same theology. Yeah. <laughs> So, and I, I think I even like, even like the other two, like we all hugged and it was great. But then I was like, and then other than that, and like one of the first things that came to mind is like going back to again, how like all this stuff like has been at least as hard, if not harder on my wife, Steph, than it has been on me. Yeah. It's like, like I would ask Jesus, like help. I don't remember exactly what I said, but it was something that along the lines of just like help me be a better husband for her. I don't know if I heard you say that before. That part of it, mm. but that's cool. Very cool. Yeah. So, and I'm not saying this to like brag. I'm saying, yeah, I'm such an awesome husband. That was like first thing <laughs> in mind, you know. But <laughs> so, but but I say if if anything, like it's you know to be at least trying to be at least not trying, but. The whole like you know self-deprecating humility—it's good. Like you know, I've felt guilty about all the stuff she's been going through, and I think my dad feels the same way. Yeah, yeah. Even and not just like the cancer stuff, but one like I mean, you know, not necessarily feeling like it's my fault, but you know, it's still something I'm going through that impacts her. But then yeah. also like whether it's because of like all the surgeries or like the treatments or other like also like with the, the stuff going on in my heart, like I was told like, you know, very like so many times been told like limit physical activity, don't lift heavy stuff. And, you know, it, meanwhile, we're moving, you know, <laughs> so. And it, you're like, sweet, honey, your husband has cancer and you're going to have to do the moving uh, yourself. <laughs> yeah. Which, and, and again, big shout out to people like Matt and Jeremy and like all, like host I, of so many other I friends. I part of that because I, I did what I could, but it wasn't very much. Oh, you helped with those two cabinets. Yeah. That was like, was, we, we mentioned that last time. They were a metaphor and real kind yeah. of like. Oh, and you, don't worry. You'll help with more later too. Yeah, so. I imagine. I do like cutting down <laughs> things and putting things together. So yeah, we got some. We got some of that to do. And I have too many lawn bags, it turns out. <laughs> well, all right, <laughs> I, then. I checked today. Um, so, yeah. So, so that was the next thing I said. Like, if I were to say something to Jesus, is like, I want to, you know, you know, help, my, basically help my wife <laughs> or help me help my wife or whatever. So then, so as we're praying, like going through the thing more. And so then one of the other people who were the, like, this was the. I guess I'll just call these people A, B, and C as far as like order of how well I knew them. So A was this person, like very good friend of mine. B, this guy, like I had met. You respect and him. And knew yeah. of him. Yeah. You're like, he seems, he seems, he was good at that thing. And that then, and then C, the guy leading this, never seen this guy before in my life. Or if I have, I don't remember. So, so C asked me the question about, you know, what would I say to Jesus? And like the hug thing and the whole like helping my wife thing. So then later... <coughs> 
the bee <laughs> says to me, basically, well, you told the stuff about, like, you told us all about, like, how you're trying to sell your house and, like, all the stress about that. And, but I know it's like, you didn't, in that little exercise, like, you didn't ask Jesus, like, to help you sell your house. Right. And you were fine with that. Right. And, but he was like, that's a problem. And I didn't say that, and I'm hoping my face didn't say that, because in my head I was like, I really don't fucking, really don't fucking think it is, dude. No, your face <laughs> says things. I'm like, <laughs> so I'm sure, I'm sure, <laughs> your, your face is difficult to interpret. Like when you when you're playing drums and you're playing like a metal rhythm, I think you look intensely calm. Steph says you you look intense. <laughs> Which that's another thing I realized, like, I very rarely actually know what my face is doing. I found it out when I got my first driver's license. So guaranteed it said something. Yeah. (laughs) It was probably off-putting because metal. (laughs) Fuck yeah. But he's used to it, though. He's been in the the tent. Oh, yes. Yes. We, We talk about MASH before, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if they, if it's they, what are the, like, if they I'll, trademark MASH, we, we, we are suable probably uh, if we reference it. it. But uh, so basically the way I'll sum, sum up MASH right now is like, it's this completely amazing, like I think objectively awesome thing. Yeah. That is no longer just where I'm at. <laughs> no, that, that doesn't but, mean that like, I'm, I don't think I'm there either. Maybe it will be event like again. Well, they I'll, won't let you be there apparently. Right, I'm not allowed right now because I think I think because I said I think homosexuality and transgenderism is not a sin and I'm cool with it. I I, well, I really and, don't and, know. And again, to be fair, that seemed more like just that one dude's opinion. I don't know if he necessarily represents the right entire. No, and and like I really didn't get an answer, and, I, and he but he did say he would talk to me again, and we know each other from before, and like. Mm-hmm. I, 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 my opinion of him has not changed. I think he's awesome. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Um, like I want to. I've met the guy. He seems awesome. He has a wood shop. He yeah. he does awesome stuff. I want to take my son there sometime because mm. uh, he's just yeah, he's an awesome guy. Completely respectable, like uber respectable. Honestly, yeah. Uh, so yeah, and seems respectful. So as well. I couldn't have been banned by a better guy. <laughs> so is what I'm saying. <laughs> And like I, when we when we go to man camp, like I do want to go give him a big hug and like tell him like, look, dude, you've done this thing longer than anybody, and it's not easy. Like, um, yeah. So like, good job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's a lot of stress to be like, look, if I fuck this up, uh, there's like a lot of guys who have been in here who are super vulnerable, and if yeah, if I yeah. drop the ball, I dropped it on all of them. <laughs> And it's a heavy ball, but man, can't like it's, it's a heavy ball. <laughs> it's it's a thigh testicle. It's a callback. Thigh testicles. <laughs> I don't know. There's some kind of there's, that's weird. <laughs> yes. So so this basically so this whole experience was very mash like. So yeah. So you've been there. Yeah. Man. So but the whole idea is like so so this so B says to me like. So, like, you didn't ask Jesus for this, like, very specific, like, to help you, like, sell your house. It's like, that's a problem. It's like, so, and, so first, my, like I said, I really don't think it is. Because, but what if like, you're fine if you Okay, if, but did you hear what I house. did ask Jesus for? I wanted a hug, and I wanted to help my wife. <laughs> How is that a problem? One happened, the other's pending. 
Which, I mean, you know, you'd have to ask her, but I don't know. I mean, that, okay, I, I'm not okay with saying somebody prayed wrong. <laughs> uh, it's like, here's where my heart is. Your heart is wrong. Like, because it's, so it's like, and also, like, you can't say the things I asked for were wrong. Yeah. Because, like, anyone, like, say, like, especially in, like, more, like, MASH-type context, okay, if you had a guy coming into the tent, like, for prayer who wanted a hug from Jesus and wanted his wife to be happy, yeah. those, those are the, some of the very things they pray for. Or, like, guys sweet about. T-ball. <laughs> yeah. But... And then, and I don't and there were other things like that were just weird like Wait, as, hold on can I, can I can I say like I don't want to arrange things like which one's better it's more like uh, is it bad if you're okay whether your house sells or not is that not the goal that it's not on your mind of yeah like I'm not okay if it doesn't sell Jesus needs yeah. to help me which I mean and and I will say that is something that was like that's was definitely weighing very heavily on my mind, but I think it's more, it's not so much that I didn't want Jesus to help me sell my house. It's more like I'm a very introverted person who, especially after going through COVID has not been around people very much. And now I'm around strangers who are putting me on the spot. My brain is not going to remember everything to say. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, this feels wrong. This feels wrong. And then you're like, deep questions. Oh, I'm skimming the surface, man. <laughs> but no, but, I, but then like I uh, get that I'm there too. When I want to go to the store, it, COVID didn't affect me much because I'm like I have I don't get to see people, and when I do, I get to wear a mask. <laughs> like, and I have to stay at least six feet away from them. This is fantastic. You're like, wait, interacting with someone is over the top now. <laughs> Oh my goodness! <laughs> Which but, prayers have been answered. But but ser- but also at the same time, like man, heart goes out to all the extroverts out there who have been suffering through this. Like yeah, oh. we know one. Yeah, and and that, yeah, I know a few. But yeah, one particular or yeah, I, I don't, I can't relate, and I and I, that's very hard. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you do it. I guess people have said to me, I don't know how you do it, but. God love you, but by so, the way, it's ironic we're two introverts with a podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you all get to experience our awkwardness. Uh-huh. You're welcome, Bill. <laughs> he Bill, lo- okay. I he, have I have not met Bill, but Bill, you are now my favorite person. He loves this, and he's a little angry. <laughs> and I love that he loves it and is a little angry. I think it. I think it's his. I think it's his <laughs> default, and I like it. He was on MASH for at least, I think, just one time, and he was like, <laughs> I, think he, I think his in a nutshell, his take was, I liked it, it was good, and it pissed me off. <laughs> right? But that I think was, that's, that's a very appropriate response. But that was a very important time yeah. for me because uh, I, I don't know what I said, but I said something, he's like, oh, right? And I was like, shit. I thought I was the only one having these ideas. And, and he's like, no, tell me more. And then we talked, and it was about, um, I had read that uh, book by Richard Moore, The Divine Dance. Richard Rohr. Yeah. That, what did I say? Richard Moore? Richard Rohr is what I meant to say. Richard Moore might be awesome, too. I don't mm, know. Yeah, he's probably awesome. Look him up. Fr- uh, friend of the show. 
And I was like, hey, this thing is blowing my, my brain out my ear hole. And and he's like, that sounds amazing. And then we were we were talking. He recommended the book to me. And I thought well, that was awesome. It was... I don't remember what. Uh, I don't know. Something new, slightly new age, but like overlapping with Christianity. Uh, so that was... That I don't I never told Bill that, but it was a big moment for me where I was like, it's okay to have these ideas. Other people are. You heard it here first, Bill. <laughs> uh he's very cool. I think he's in medical something. Hmm. Well, as a person who has needed a lot of medical somethings, I appreciate that. I could be wrong. I want to say he's in mental health medical something. Which sounds Imperfect and perfect for him. <laughs> well, there you go. I, I'm t- I could be totally wrong, and he might be like a dentist. I don't know. <laughs> mm. I'm smelling things. What things? I don't know. I smelled gasoline in here earlier, which makes sense. There is a gas can somewhere. We're, again, we're in my garage. Is it yeah. venting? For safety, they're supposed to vent. Well, we, there's a window there that is stuck slightly open, so yes. Oh. What the hell is that? What is that? I don't know. It's a grippy thing with a... It's, it's a long-reach tongs, I think. For what? For reaching things that are farther away. <laughs> it's called... <laughs> it's called Mr. Longa. <laughs> That's the brand name on it. That was actually left here by the previous owners. Why? <laughs> they didn't want to take it with them back to Australia? I don't know. Well, I know. That's that's not check-on luggage. That's not carry-on luggage. Yeah. But, so... <laughs> and you're like, what? Baggage check person? Mr. Longa. It's totally innocuous. Well, they, they had a shipping container. I mean, they obviously had things like furniture and stuff they were taking. Holy cow. What does that cost? Man. A lot. It's still I cheap. don't know. You know, it's still cheaper to, to ship things from China that way than making them here. Which says how cheap it is, or it says how cheap one of those things is. Yeah, slave labor. Yay. But the Uyghurs. Man, there's one to the Uyghurs. There are, I just read <clears throat> recently, I don't remember which number it was, but the, the we're all over the place now, Bill. I'm sorry. Uh and as of now, this is our longest episode yet. Shut the front because, door. <laughs> well, it's okay. It's the recording is not as long as our origins, but I also don't plan on editing because this has all been good shit. It has been so. Yeah, you don't have to listen to it all at once. Feel you know, stagger it. Yeah, space it out. Yeah, and especially if you're drinking along, uh, stagger it. Which I feel weird like telling people that is what hopefully near the end, <laughs> telling them to space it out. But if you made it this far, I hoped you spaced it out. <laughs> This is equally an like a mental health exercise for us, I think, as as much as oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, and and that's what I've been telling people. Like, people have been telling, me, oh, I've loved seeing like because I've been posting like cancer updates and everything like on Facebook and Instagram, and people tell me, oh, I've loved reading it so much. Like, it's been like those things have been extremely therapeutic for me. And I'm and Elizabeth uh, said to tell you, I saw her at my sister's party from our old our old small group. She said to tell you hello. And uh, that she really appreciates your updates. Awesome. And she that I appreciate your appreciation. She didn't say to tell you this, but I will on the recording that um, that she's like some of the people who respond to things he posts are assholes. 
And she's like, it's always thought provoking. I'm not sure I always agree, but there's no need for that. <laughs> oh, well, thank you, Elizabeth. And I said, I agree. <laughs> there's no need for that. Except mm. that they feel the need to, to say those mm. things. Look, at, I've been that person, too. Yeah. So I, I totally get it. I, and I, I would have thought those things in the past, but wouldn't have said them. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I said those things in the past. That's the thing. So I guess this is, like, I guess if you believe in karma, I'm just getting yeah. my comeuppance. Your comeuppance. <laughs> <laughs> what was I talking about? Oh, the Uyghurs. Mm-hmm. Flow chart. Could be helpful. Um, <laughs> well, enough of the stats about the Uyghur incarcerations and re-education and slave labor. It's similar enough to the Holocaust um, that somebody wrote an article on a progressive news source. And seriously, if you're conservative, start reading... Um, shit, I don't remember what... I can't remember one of them. Vox. Vox is a liberal news thing, but like you will read things on there that are important about what's going on in the world that you won't hear on Fox or things like that. Anyway... Um, and it rhymes with Fox, so you might find it by accident. Yeah, it'll feel comfortable. Yeah. They're both soft consonants. Well, and actually, <laughs> the the V, in again, going back to the German thing, in Ooh. German is pronounced like an F, so it's German Fox. There you there. go. There you go. Shout out to my cousin-in-law, Marco. So they're, they're like, look, too, too many of these stats line up with the Holocaust for us not to be pissed off about this globally. And yeah, for real. And the secrecy of how many people are incarcerated in these camps, um, <clears throat> the experiments that the medical experiments that are being done on them are straight out of the Nazi handbook. Uh, <coughs> um, like, why are we not globally pissed off about this? Like, why are there not like outrageous sanctions on China and? Um, satellite footage tells the tale. It, it, yeah, I was like, the they're not being burned to death, sure, but they are being incarcerated so that they can be bred out of existence, uh, ideologically and biologically. Uh, horribly wrong. Um, the only reason I think we haven't done something more aggressive, and no, not militarily aggressive, but leveraging anything, it, I think it's because they're the world's debt buyer. Yeah. That'll, uh, that, that, that ain't, that ain't nothing. They, they, they can, they can, they can call in. They can say everything's due. <laughs> All right, man. That was dark. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> prayer experience. <laughs> but yeah, like I said, it's and and there's more I could say about the experience, like all these little things that were weird, like my fingers on my nose again. Uh, I don't know how it got there. It's meant to be. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, like I said, it was, it was really just one of those things that more than anything, like, my two main takeaways from that was, one, 
okay, these people really care about me. And I, yeah. love, and I love that. But also, like I said, just really reinforce, like, I am not in the place where I used to be. And how, and do you think it was, how, how do you reconcile the two? Like, how, how do I accept this as, like, a really loving thing to do, and I'm in a different place? Was that new? I mean, I guess I'd already kind of, I guess, agreed with that conceptually before. Yeah. But this was one of the first, like, more just concrete examples. So, like, my mind was, like I said, go even going into it, my mind was already in a place of, this is going to be weird, but I, but I appreciate it. Yeah. So, yeah. So, like I said, it, it more just reinforced that. I yeah. bet that was your face when he was like, you prayed wrong, sort of, <laughs> is what he said. And you're like, this is weird, but I appreciate it. That's probably your face. <laughs> that sounds like it probably was what it was. Yeah, and there were other things during that, like I said, like when they did, like, like it's a very common thing, like, okay, I'm going to like say some things, like repeat after me, like like we're going to pray this. Oh, and one, I've done that with people, and it was good. And now I wonder. <laughs> but and and it was one of the things. Like I remember one. I don't remember anything at all from the prayer that he had me repeat, except one line, which was, "I heard this. I'm a broken dude." Oh no! I didn't hear this. <laughs> and I said it. Live reaction. <laughs> it hurts. <laughs> And I remember at the, like I said it, but I did not. Oh, I was not in agreement with that. I don't have words because again, shout out to Aaron. I know I've mentioned this before on at least one other episode, probably multiple. But hey, let's keep it going. One of the things she said, it's still one of my favorite things that anyone has ever said ever is, God said that people. I don't remember her exact quotes, like, whether me or, like, when God created people and he said they were good, and he didn't change his mind. Yeah, depending on how you read the flood story, maybe he did. But... Which, that may be another episode. (laughs) But that's more like he changed his mind on what they were doing, not who they are. But then there's also the... Then again, this may be another episode. Then there's also the fact that that probably didn't actually happen. Well, not exactly that. But there's stories of giant floods in all major religions across right. the world. So there were, I don't know, may, may, maybe the globe yeah. was warmer in the past and it flooded. Yeah, like I said, I'm not saying floods didn't happen, but there's a whole idea of, like, I do not agree with the idea of God committing just global genocide. <laughs> I Now, in that moment, when we were in that small group, for the thing that I don't want to mention for some reason... Um, she said that, and I was like, I was super uncomfortable because I, I like I. They asked, I was it was my turn to comment before her, and I and I kind of gave a, a nothing answer slash pass, mm. and and then she's like, look, as I read the Bible, God said, I I'm good and didn't change his mind, and the leader went, uh. <laughs> and and the person he was training who was there looked at him and was like. That's a softball, man. Come on. Like, you say the thing that's on the paper. <laughs> that's how you're supposed to do midrash. And then he moved on. No, it's not. How you, no, <laughs> no. Midrash is the assumption that we we are, po- we are possibly wrong about God. Where, how can we be more right? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and like, wait. Like, anyway, sorry, so, yeah. so she said that, and I was like, "Oh snap, honey!" <laughs> it's like, it's like I've never been, I've never been more uncomfortable in a co-ed small group slash wanted to have sex with you. <laughs> <laughs> like, let us couple immediately. Like, I <laughs> right, but and I'm like. What should my face be doing right now? <laughs> right? Said the introvert. <laughs> but yeah, so I guess that maybe, I don't know, are, are we putting a button on this now? or Relatively soon. Yeah. So I mean, if, I can get, if I can get where I need to go by 530, I'm good. Sweet. So, yeah, so that's where, like I said, that's where I'm at now. It's like, I guess I just don't really have necessarily a concrete concept of god or what i'm supposed to believe which i will say that's when one of the things just like i said like i found like my there's so many parallels between my faith deconstruction and like my political deconstruction that i started like years earlier going from like super conservative republican to now like i guess the term would be anarchist i prefer voluntarist because i mean anarchist just, just because all the connotations it's it's not so much that I'm against authority. It's more like it's, that's why I like the term voluntarism. Like I'm just pro voluntary interaction. Yeah. So same with like Christianity. Like I mean, that's what I grew Ooh, up in. Voluntary interaction with Christianity. Ooh. No pressure. That's that's essentially what it is. Because like because yeah. politically, I'd say nothing chilled me out quite like becoming an anarchist, which sounds weird. But if like if you remember back in my like super conservative days, like especially on Facebook and even in some like personal interactions, I was like I was a dick. Yeah, you're an amateur dick. Yeah. <laughs> but No, but I agreed with you. So what does that make me? Also a dick. Also a dick. A cooperative dick. Cuckold. <laughs> <laughs> So, by, but by the way, Sherlock Holmes in elementary uses the word cuckold <laughs> way more than you expect, and more than I was comfortable with. Well, maybe you need to be more comfortable with it. That it, this is supposed to be a growing experience. Instead of saying the wife it's was a growing cheating, dick experience. Instead of saying the wife was cheating, he would call the husband a cuckold. <laughs> it's like you're right. Uh. <laughs> so anyway, so so just like. So that's one of the things that like was so relaxing about like going to more like anarchist, voluntarist, or like pacifist or whatever. Like just just the especially once it came to like with presidential elections coming around, like not feeling like I had to defend either one of these jackasses. Like it was a very freeing experience. Like I'm not beholden to because like because while I was in it, that was part of it. it was, like it was very fear based. Like I felt like okay, this is my side. I have to have yeah. a defense for my side. And come up with every counter argument I can think of, and have to have like my explanations all in order. And this so, time was like, I don't know, what, what do you like? To, what do you like your shit to taste like? Yeah. Personal preference. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so then that's the th- same like spiritually, because I know like if I had been like the same place I was at like you know two or three years ago, going through this whole cancer experience, I f- would have felt like okay, I need an explanation. For why things are going the way they are, and what and then, do you need to do, or yes. what did you do wrong? And then I also have a responsibility. That's crushing. Yeah, so it was extremely freeing to not feel like that. Yep. Not that there was no God, but not, but that, 
but feeling like there wasn't a God that I had to appease or not a God that I had to have figured out or not a God that I had to say the right things to or believe the right things about. Yeah, or have on your side, yeah. Right. And again, also not a God I had to explain why he's, you know, using air quotes, helping me out in this situation, but not helping like all those other people, like we mentioned before, like not feeling like I had to have an explanation for that. Or I, I, I have and nothing. It, and it's weird. It's a non-issue. I mean, like in my own life with certain things, like it, it's, it's different to be like, I don't, I don't know why that works or doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm okay. Yeah, I'm being okay because, and again, going back to why, like I said, like so many things, like I said, I'm not saying I'm an atheist, but they are starting to make a lot more sense to me. One of the arguments I heard, like, is one of the arguments Christians will levy against atheists is like, well, you don't have an answer for this. Because like, it's like with Christianity, it's like the answer is always easy. Like if you can't explain it, it was God. Or and depending if it, <laughs> if it was good or bad, and again, depending on your theology, if it like so, some people, no matter what it is, if you don't know, the answer is God. Other theologies, yeah. if it was good, it was God. If it was bad, it's an attack from the enemy, or whatever. There's an episode. Yeah. Uh, what did but, you do? <laughs> but, but and and they treat that like it's a total proof like against atheism well you don't have an answer for this but then like the atheist was like no that's the point we're willing to admit we don't know because christianity right. will because christianity will like in christians will actually say that for athe- atheism is a dead end because they get to a point where they don't know a dead end or but, a leap of faith but then the atheist is like no christianity or religion in general is the dead end because you think you have the answer and therefore you stop thinking with atheism yeah. or like just any just non-religiousness or whatever when we don't have an answer we're like oh i don't know let's figure it out mm-hmm. not let's pretend we know what we're talking about and i'm okay if i don't get an answer trying to figure it out right so it's <laughs> Assuming that an answer is forthcoming at some point. Right. So that's, so like I said, like, so again, like, even though, like, with my scans that came up and even, like, my oncologist said, like, yeah, I didn't expect that. And we don't know what did that. Like I said, I've already had so many people telling me, oh, this was so clearly God. This was so clearly miraculous. I'm, I'm like, glad it was clear for you. <laughs> yeah. Like, for me, like, I mean, obviously, yeah, I'm thankful for it. I, you know, I you know, love the fuck out of it. But what'd you say? But, like it was, it was clearly God, regardless. Are you there? Oh, you're asking me? Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, like again, I, it goes back to like, what even is God? Yeah, I don't know if I'm there either. I I think I'm kind of there. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like I said, it's well, if God healed me. Well, then he waited on me to be receiving treatment from doctors and and everything like so. So it also goes back to like, again, that's how I said, like through this whole experience, like that's how God has shown up for me is through other people. So when you talk, so when people like to talk about, well, God has like blessed you with this, the way I view God is, if, if anything, if God is in the whole like blessing business at all, I view it as like the way I've seen other people put it is like, God's blessing is a spigot that's just always on. Yeah. And it's just a matter of, is anything getting in the way of that? Whether it's other people, whether it's my attitude or what I'm bringing to it. I'm not not telling you you're wrong. And at the same time, man, that sounded 
uh, not hippies, what the hell, millennial. That sounded very millennial to me. Um, where I was like, I'm not telling you wrong, but here's something different. <laughs> <laughs> no, go for it. Uh, now I've forgotten what you said. What did you say? I like the blessing, just being a spigot that's always on. Oh. So it's a question of something getting in the yeah. way, or whether it's me or other people or circumstances. What, or what if? Anything is a blessing or a curse, depending on how you take it. There's that, too. So, so the receiving of the blessing is how you look at the thing that's happening. And if it's a curse, it's because you're looking at it like it's a curse. Yeah. Now, Because it matters what's happening internally slash spiritually versus what's happening physically. Yeah, and I, I would agree with that to an extent, and probably that's the case for probably more things than a lot of people would say. But... Then as far as like it's all about like your perception of it. And again, like I'll go to these like extreme examples. But I don't think there's anything I can say to, you know, the young girl who is like trafficked in India and her entire life is before she's even reached, you know, eight the age of 18. She's just like raped multiple times a day and then dies. Yeah, you get nothing. Yeah. I, to that, I would say it's not because there is no God and there is no no one loved you and God wasn't didn't have blessings for you. Yeah. But it's more like I said, people got in the way. Yeah, nobody you encountered was listening enough. Yeah, no one was like I said, like like that. That's how like I said, just as God shows up for me through other people, the people you were around were not allowing God to show up for you through them. Yeah. God was always showing up. They didn't cooperate. And I don't know what to do with the effect on other people in that process. Like, I... I, I hope... I hope people who are going through hardships like that or similar have God in the moment connect yeah I don't know how you just I I gotta think in some way they do cause how 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 didn't they just give up and die like how didn't they just shut down you know yeah okay I don't wanna end on that yeah me neither <laughs> I was just thinking the same thing like that was wow that's not yeah. ending on a high note <laughs> So I guess maybe like on the flip side, just like realize the power you have like yeah. to be God for somebody. Yeah, that's right. I said be God. And and you're leading the eight. I told you I was going full frontal. <laughs> and and that, that the YouTube channel you sent me a link to and I watched it and the guys were talking about like. Oh, yeah, Paul Legia, I think is how you pronounce it. Yeah. If something has eternal significance, how valuable is it now? Versus if something only has value now, how much more valuable is it? Mm. Uh, now, that, that can be an argument against an afterlife, but I, I kind of look at it like, if there's an afterlife, it's not physical. Yeah, I mean, yeah, your whatever your afterlife is, it's not going to be what your life is now. Yeah, it's not so exactly it's, it's a different. It's a different thing. So then how much more valuable is right now? Yeah. Like it. And I don't think there, I think there is an afterlife, but like for this conversation, assume there isn't. 
then like whatever happens right now, whatever you do right now, has inf- infinite significance because there isn't anything else next. Yeah. So it's kind of like if we live life like an atheist and assume every moment has infinite significance because there isn't anything else. Hmm. Um, that makes now matter more than anything. If now is a dress rehearsal for next, then sure, it has eternal significance, but it makes now a little less valuable. Right. Because there there is more. But if you assume, because we don't know, if you assume that there isn't more, or we don't know what it is at the very least, uh, for sure, because nobody's come back and said, hey, you know what? Who didn't also have a book deal. <laughs> um, except for me, maybe. I had near-death experience, and I was like, hmm. what? No, that's a longer thing. Um, Talk about that later. Maybe. I don't know. There's very little because... It feels like half of our episode is teases for other things. <laughs> oh, just like Faith Life. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, so I don't know. You be you, do your thing. Where's God? Do that. Yeah. <laughs> Stitch that on a pillow. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. it's all good. That was a dark note, but previously to end on and all that, you know, like, hey, what if there's no afterlife? <laughs> it's still good. If that was news to you, you things suck right now. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because honestly, like, yeah, like when it comes to you know, yeah, honestly, I don't, re- I can't say I have any real firm belief or opinion on what the afterlife is, or even if there is one. All I really know yeah, from Jesus know. is that there's an afterlife. There's many rooms. Yeah, <laughs> it's a mansion, metaphorically, probably. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyone else where he talks about good. a burning? hellish thing he's talking probably about a garbage pit yeah it, a thing because basically where i'm at it's it's from what i from the view from my front porch to borrow a phrase oh i missed your front porch we <laughs> we're, we might rebuild another one but we should sit at the dead end of your street and annex it as a front porch <laughs> i like it 25 it. feet from the end of the street is city property still yeah yeah there you go so but so my view, like the afterlife or not, it's, it's either one of two things. If there is an afterlife, it's good. Or if there's not an afterlife, then I won't care because I won't be there. And it now, man. Yeah. <laughs> but so, yeah, so like I think when it probably is because energy can't be created or destroyed. So consciousness can't be created or destroyed. Yeah, I guess this is a question of. Yeah, how. How me will I be in like in that consciousness? Will it be my consciousness or just be my consciousness kind of merged with everything else so it doesn't even feel like me anymore? I gotta say yes and more. Alright, I like that. I like like that. Still you and it's more. Well, alright then. Which is good because my dietitian tells me I need to gain weight. So (laughs) (laughs) what So like so you're telling me to die. Good, got it. No, wait, no, not. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just put a little extra whey powder in your smoothies. Jeez. 
Oh, go for go go for meat protein. That's what I say. That's what I do. So meat, yeah, meat. But then also when I'm just eating not meat things, just put extra protein stuff in the not meat things. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I meant to bring my pork chips that I got as a free sample from Whole Foods. Oh, sounds unsanitary, but there are I potato like chips that have pork powder in them, and they're flavored like barbecue. Pork powder. Carolina. I am intrigued. I can't eat them because of dairy. I don't know. Something's in them I can't have. <sighs> Fine, I'll take them. So, any uh, parting words? Um, because you got places to be, and I'm almost out of disk space. <laughs> it's a good time to end. Mm-hmm. I don't know. This has been fun. We're probably gonna try to do something on a more regular basis. We need to plan for it on a schedule, otherwise we won't do it. Because mm-hmm. it's it's pretty much guaranteed that our lives will not cooperate yeah. <laughs> unless and, we make it. And it might help if we do try to like schedule guests, because then we'll have like another person like keeping us yeah on track. Like, hey, <clears throat> and I totally want to av- do that. I'm available this at this day. And we need to do it this day. We're like, all right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I know we've had at least one dude like express interest in being on here and i'm sure other people so like i said like i said go back in the facebook group please like it's not like please share your do- opinions <laughs> your friends won't know yeah <laughs> it's a closed group like yeah seriously what happens in there stays in there unless you explicitly say otherwise it's okay yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> say, say the things that you're thinking <laughs> yeah like i said we we want to hear it we we're saying all of our thinks I want to hear your thanks too. Oh, and and next, it's taken me forever to warm up to the idea, but I've I have felt like I am supposed to, <laughs> supposed without guilt supposed like I'm supposed to write supposed to like do a blog slash journal as if it's as if no one is listening exactly, kind of mm. like I'm writing it to you. You're no oh. one. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and, and yeah, I have no one and everyone. So that'll be that'll be vulnerable. I wasn't ready to be to be that vulnerable. I think so. Um, that'll be good. We'll probably have links to that in the Facebook group. Sweet. Yeah, yeah. it's just yeah. And hopes of the future is where we're ending. <laughs> yeah, and I'm hoping to do more of those like quick, and dirty, free that, yeah. shot stuff and. Yeah, that was really good. It's like, I, we did two of those, and they were awesome. We're like, yeah, and then that was it. <laughs> See, it, you know what's really hard? It's people who are listening don't say anything. And so then I'm like, <laughs> I'm talking to myself. I mean, that's cool, and <laughs> yeah, this is not the format for talking to yourself. <laughs> All right, so, yeah, so please, if you want to... And, and we're also like, when we have guests, we don't want to, the way we talk about, like, you're not even going to be treated like a guest, like we're just going to be interviewing. We want it to be like, you're just like another host. So you're just going to be like an equal part of the conversation kind of yeah. thing. Which is perfect for right now because um, difference of opinions is a threat in a lot of circles. Yeah. So like, that's like we would love to have people on here that think differently than us. You know, like instead of like, not even like me and Matt, we're not the same on everything. So yeah. So, but some variety for, for like other points of view, like because if nothing else, just to demonstrate how people who think differently can still speak civilly, yeah, to each other, which we enjoy doing. So, yep, yep, yep. 
Yep. So thanks a lot, everybody. Um, this was therapeutic for me. Like, I enjoyed finally being able to, like, update people, like, on where I'm at. Not just with the cancer thing. Like I said, anytime I've, I've enjoyed, sh you know, sharing with people, just because it feels good for me to talk about. And also just where we're doing, how we're doing, where we are spiritually. It's like, it feels good to be able to, yeah, just be open about stuff. Yep. So please feel free to do the same. And... All right. Anything else, Matt? I'm good. All right. Thanks again for the beer, and thanks, Andy, for the bourbon. And, so, and if you would like to be a future drink sponsor, <laughs> yeah, feel free as well. But, yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody. Love you. Bye.